welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where two mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now, here are your hosts, Darth Jader and Jason Mitchell. Hello, 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 and welcome back. Welcome back indeed, Hindsiders, to Disaster Month on Hindsight is Horrifying. It, it is Disaster Month. Uh, Pretty fitting for 2020, I would say. Oh, it's, just, it's disaster year. We're just <laughs> distilling it down to one month. That's actually, yeah. <laughs> hang, hang on a second. There we go. Your camera was, sh- that was really weird. Your camera was showing an empty seat. Oh my! I don't, God. I don't know. That was kind Are of we in sp- frame. Do we need no, no. You're good now. You're okay. good now. There's that was a ghost that was, that was machine, a little spooky, right? actually. That was very strange. We've been dead for thirty years, Jason. Oh my God! I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it at the beginning of the podcast. They were dead. So we are back. Uh, guess what? We're doing something nautically themed. Ah. Uh, it's like we've never done that before. Um, we, Even when we do airplane themes, we wear nautical wear. So yeah, 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 that's <laughs> true. We're such yeah. idiots on this show. <laughs> Uh, we are, of course, back. Oops. You might want to turn the sound off of that movie there, Jason. Hang on. I'm not used to having the, uh, <laughs> is this it right here? We were watching some, uh, YouTube oh. videos before we got around to the podcast, Hindsiders, so we apologize for Jason's utter lack of professionalism. <laughs> oh, Irwin Allen. I love Irwin Allen. Sorry, I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's, that's Jade's purview. But you may recognize that music. Oh, so it's such a great there. composition. That was a great that, shot of my arm. Was it John Williams who did the music? <laughs> yes, it was. John Williams. Oh, yeah. I knew it. <clears throat> it's it's a magnificent movie. We are we are this day discussing. And I said James Irwin before. James Irwin was an astronaut. We're doing Irwin Allen's I was production. About to say. Yeah, Irwin Allen's production of the Poseidon Adventure. From 1972. Way back in 1972, a movie about a ship that sinks. What? <laughs> It's that simple? I don't think it is that simple. It's pretty straightforward. Google had more to say about this than you did. Tell us about it. So uh, the synopsis is, en route from New York City, you can just say New York, to Greece on New Year's Eve, majestic passenger ship the SS Poseidon is overtaken by a tidal wave. With the captain, Leslie Nielsen, mm. which we'll talk about that more. Oh, yeah, lots, lots to say about and that. And spoiler alert in the synopsis, with the captain, Leslie Nielsen, dead, surviving passengers, <laughs> including the passionate Reverend Scott, Gene Hackman, <laughs> Band together in the ship's ballroom. The group struggles to avert fires, flooding, structural instability, and mechanical malfunctions as they make their way through a maze of ladders and tunnels in their desperate attempt to escape a watery grave. And, and this this is a movie that is most memorable. First of all, I love this movie. Absolutely love it. This was my first time <clears throat> seeing it, actually. I, I had never seen this one. I saw the one from 2006. I've never, I, I've never, I've never seen the one from 2006. Never saw the remake. It no, was not memorable. I. I couldn't even tell you who was in it. I uh, had to look it up. Kurt Russell. That's, Probably. That's all I know. I know I'll look it Kurt up. Kurt Russell was in it. Um, but say your piece and I'll look yeah. up who was in the No, This is a movie version. that to me is defined by the people who are in it because this Absolutely. cast oh. is brilliant. If, if I could just have this cast get together in like when I die and go to heaven and just every You're year just have these people. Yeah, probably not. Get real. Um, these life. people make another movie every year, which is the same cast. Shelley Winters, Ernest Borgnine, G- the great Gene Hackman, Leslie Nielsen, Red Buttons. You have five uh, Oscar winners. Five. In this movie. Five Oscar winners. It's stacked with talent. Yes. Bob Hastings. Don't forget yeah, about Bob yeah. Hastings. 
uh, Roddy McDowell. Oh, yes. Roddy, Roddy, Roddy McDowell. Who, oh, yes. who Roddy McDowell dies so early, though. It yeah. makes me sad. Yeah, um, that is a bummer. By falling in the water. I don't know. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen dies surprisingly yeah. early, too. Well, which, and what's really strange to me about this is because uh, Leslie Nielsen is a fantastic comedic actor. That's how I've known him and looked at him my entire life. Yeah. He's very good at playing comedy roles straight, but this is the first movie where I've seen him in a serious role. Yeah. Where he he plays it straight because it is serious, it not is, because yeah. he's actually trying to be satiric. And it's it's uh, You never seen The Forbidden Planet? No, oh, Forbidden. No? <laughs> really? Oh, it's, I think we have to. Yeah, we need to do that the on the dock. Maybe eventually. Yeah. We'll see. Schlocky, <laughs> schlocky, schlocky sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. But uh before we get Oh, and can I just news. say it's a movie that has a kid in it that I don't hate. Yes. Which is Robin. I, th- yep. I think Robin is the only kid I've ever seen in a movie that I didn't just hate him. I don't know. Like the kids he kind of reminded me of the little boy in Jurassic Park. He had a lot of know-how that actually helped people through their you know yeah. the obstacles that they were facing. Yeah. So I would say that in Jurassic Park those are the two kids that I hate the least, well, but uh, When you listen to him, did his voice sound familiar at yes. all? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Should it have? Who what who, who was he? He was the only one of the Shea brothers. He's one of the Shea brothers. It was not one of the Peanuts characters in, uh, you know, in, huh. in Charles Schultz's Peanuts. Huh. So if you listen to his voice, he sounds like Linus. I can see that. I would that. not have put that together because I haven't watched the Peanuts in a long time. Yeah. But that's, I, that's really cool. I can totally see that. But, uh, but bef- thank good, goodness for the nerdy kid who knows everything about the yes, ship because yes. he helped them get to the... the yeah, well, but he did, he did hang around too long in, one of the, in, in the bathroom. And almost got. Uh, yeah. Every who, did, who, who did he almost get killed? Was it Gene Hackman? Uh, yeah, it was Hackman Gene Hackman. Hackman, 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 Hackman went after him. Yeah. Hackman uh, saves everybody in this, this movie the, about forty times. The least. the Greeks don't come across very well in this movie. They do not. Uh, and they do I, not. I wrote that in my notebook. I was like, "What do you expect to happen to a ship named after a god that uh, is oh. named after?" You know, pretty much every disaster at sea possible. Erwin er- Allen's uh, wife plays the. Oh, is that right? The nurse. Yeah, that, that's Erwin Allen's wife. I did oh, okay. Not know that. Uh, in this, in the. This scene, I love. I love the Rogos. Yes, I the love, Rogos are pretty great. They you got, are because you do have the great Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, so uh, who, who is like I look at him and it's like, yep, that's like my granddad. Who's married to <laughs> a former prostitute? Yes, He's a retired a prostitute. Yes. Uh, yeah, a retired prostitute. Hang on a second. I didn't put your lower third. I nobody knows who you are yet. There you go. Hi, everybody. <laughs> In case you don't know my handle or my actual name at this point, it's been, what, like two years since we started I know, but I, I, I always forget to do that, though. Oh, and, you know who I am. And also, anyway. subscribe. Yes, press the button. <laughs> yeah, press the button. Press you it now. Bunch of slack-jawed idiots. But, okay, so the movie's a little bit misleading, not just in title, because it makes it sound like an action-adventure movie, which it, which it sort of is. But the movie poster has an upside-down ship on it. It does. It's basically, that's what it is. It does, that's true. <laughs> and it has its own ride at uh, Universal, doesn't it? Isn't the Poseidon Adventure, like, in one of those experiences, at least? I don't uh, think there's really a ship involved. If, if there was... I have to look that if up, If there too. was, they got rid of it. There's You're, a Poseidon-themed something at one of the parks. They got rid of Jaws. I they know, got rid my of, God. Yeah, Universal's got, got basically... They got to the Future. Did they? Yes. Oh, for God's sakes. In um, lieu of The Simpsons. I'm not going. Yeah. I love The Simpsons, I, though, but... Yeah. Back to the Future, come on. But the thing is, though, with The Simpsons, now Disney owns them, so... Mm. That's mm. awkward. Uh, no, the, uh, Universal got rid of everything. It's basically Transformers, Dr. Harry Seuss. Potter, 
Dr. Seuss, and oddly enough, um, Men Harry in Black. Potter is its own. Well, it's sort of split yeah. between two different parks. But That's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, Poseidon's Fury. Sorry, I misspoke. But it is called Poseidon's Fury. It's a like one of those. It has nothing. It has nothing to do with. Uh, it had the word Poseidon in it. I'm sorry. <sighs> anyway, well, now, I'll tell you. When I first saw this movie, I didn't understand what what Ernest Borgnine's wife was so worried about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's yeah. got a great line about that too. Yeah. She was afraid that she would be recognized as yes. being a former yes. prostitute. By one which, of her former Johns. I must say, if if she were a real prostitute, she would know that Johns forget their faces yeah. 30 seconds after they oh. leave because they're only really interested in one part of their body. Well, Cold-blooded. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Unless she gave him something. I know you like that. Then he might it. remember. Um, but yeah, oh, gave him not, not a gift, <laughs> yeah, but another yeah, guest. Yes. If it, Here's my IUD. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, it fell out. But uh, my f- my first uh, after college job, my um my username in our computer system, the first three le- it was three letters and three numbers, and it was IUD. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, you got to be yeah. kidding me! <laughs> I know. No, right, so the retired prostitute now turned wife, to not Shelley Winters. The, no, not no. Okay. Shelley Winters is not the prostitute in this story. The star um, of the movie, in my opinion, it is yeah. uh, Her- Stella Stevens. Uh, also known as Linda Rogo. Linda! <laughs> Hi, Maya. <laughs> but she does have that great line that I wrote down where uh, she was worried about being recognized, and she said that she saw one of the younger officers on deck earlier in the day, and she goes, he looked darn familiar, <laughs> even with his clothes on. <laughs> How many people did you sleep with, lady? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, aren't sailors, you know... You can tell I, I, us this. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> why, are you asking, why are you asking me? <laughs> I don't know. Aren't, Aren't sailors really into prostitutes? <laughs> this one I've heard. Word would have it. I've heard are they really into prostitutes? They're big fans. Yes. <laughs> hey, wow, I, that's a pun I make intended. my puns where I can. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's it, it's kind of silly, but it does establish the, the character of Linda, um, who, and I've never read the book, but the story I heard, I saw a uh, documentary about uh, the cast uh, sort of doing a retrospective, the surviving members of the cast, mm-hmm. which there's not a lot. No, I Lind- couldn't even Linda find Rogo a lot of research about this. And the smoking ass hot 18-year-old. Uh, Emily Sue Anderson? Holy crap. I love that he just had that ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was in the chamber. <laughs> well, no, but she's Nancy Drew. Yeah, she's Nancy Drew. She's She's been in a bunch you, of stuff. You an avid fan of Nancy Drew, Mr. Brown? No, 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 not really. No, no, a, a friend is. But he just oh, I'm speaking okay. on behalf of a friend. <laughs> Nancy Drew and the I Mystery prefer of the, the Hardy ship. Boys. No, I'm not Do the you? other. I, I'm not the other Adam. Yeah. Anyway. Um, whoa. <laughs> Damn. Shade Damn. thrown. We would like to note yeah. that that had nothing. That did not come from Jason or Dart. That was all Mr. Brown. You anyway. shady, shady. I mean, I agree with it. But, yeah, but, oh God. You know. um, anyway, no, um, no, no, no. Uh, but but they were both. Um, they were on this documentary, and the uh, Linda Rogo. I can't remember her name. Uh, she uh, said Stella. that Stevens. that uh, Irwin uh, went up to her and said, "Have you read the book?" And she said, and she was like kind of bashful, sheepish about it. She said, "No, I haven't read the book before." And he said, "Good. Don't read the book because everyone who reads the book hates your character." Oh my! Ooh, okay. And I, apparently, a lot of the characters had more eccentricities and more yeah. bad traits about them in the book. Yeah. That's what I heard. They apparently everybody hated her. I think she just came across as just a bitch in the book. And, well, she and comes it, across as a bitch in the movie too. Yeah, yeah but it, it, she she calls she, Shelley Winters a fat ass. 
That is straight yeah. bitchiness is what that is. Poor Shelly Winters. You know, she she gained uh, 38 35 pa- pounds. 35 pounds. Uh-huh. And she said that she after this movie, she was never able to get rid of the 35 pounds. Nope, she could never that. get back to her uh, original yeah. figure. That's such a bummer. Leslie be committed Nelson. to your craft like that. And this is such a, a typical formulaic move in every ship disaster movie ever. Uh, the captain wants to proceed with caution, and there's somebody sort of looming over him that doesn't allow him to do his but job. Does that even make a difference? When the a tidal wave going- hits you, no. Uh, that's what with, I'm saying. With yeah. the Titanic, yeah, it made sense to go more slowly and not, you know, rush to New York. But in this case, what were they going to do regardless? Uh, I mean, an earthquake causes a tidal wave, uh. which capsizes their their ships. So. Nothing was going to happen differently. I've actually I've been in that room before. That's uh, that's that's on the uh, the Queen Mary, yeah, in Long Beach, which is what this story is loosely based on, anyways. Yeah, because the Queen Mary. Well, uh, the apocryphal version. I don't know if it's true. Was that during the war, it was hit by a wave, and if it had gone over, they claim five more inches, it would have capsized. Um, I maybe that's true. (laughs) <laughs> what a great story. Uh, you know, but I mean, it is it is interesting to think of a ship that size. But it's funny because it, this movie is pretty classic 70s in the sense that it does take a hot minute to really get into the action. Uh, you've oh, got a lot of... There's character of, development. Yeah, it's, char- yeah, you, it's yeah, character development. Yeah, you've got quite a bit of it. We can't have that today. I mean, and, look, you've got you've got Noni playing with uh, Noni. the the, uh, the band from the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Fraggle? <laughs> fraggle Rock. And you got you set up the whole uh, you know dynamic between Robin and his older sister, yes. Uh, yes. and he's the annoying pain in the ass little brother. But he's very he's you know he's a sponge. He wants to soak up everything there is to know about this ship, yeah. and he learns. He's a cool kid. He learns all of the most important details yeah. that guide Gene Hackman. To rescuing the crew well, that he does get to save. See, I think that's one reason why I like him, and, and I think he and the the kid from Jurassic Park are the only two kids that ever. Tim, yeah. yeah, because most of the time you see a kid in a movie and you think, "I love my kid. I hate all other kids." We were talking about this uh, yeah. off camera. We're just like on Sex in the City. You're not going to defend children. No, I don't like any children but my own. But <laughs> so. but but Robin and Tim from uh, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. sort of like. No, if if my kid acted like that, I'd be all right. With yeah, that, that's he's yeah, that'd be fine if my kid at that age was, you know, he's they're he, eager to learn. They, look, they might be a little bit of a smart ass, but he's you a know. survivor. I'll give you that much. That's true. Everyone else died. You know, six people on the whole ship live. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. There six, is a sequel. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say that's a little bit of a different story though. But you get this bratty little uh, <laughs> shove it, shove it, yeah, shove it, shove it, shove it, and you say Bitch. that to, to his older sister, <laughs> and you think that I that's, love Gene Hackman's sermon here. By the way, it is great. So what's he talking about here, Jason? Give He's us talking a about bit of a God. Twist. God wants you to try. Get off your damn ass and try. Don't pray yeah. to God to help you with your problems. Pray to God or the part of God that's part of you. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's really just like preaching to the strong, yeah. saying, you know, only the strong yeah. survive. And uh, ironically enough, he's got to help a group of people survive later. <laughs> and and he, you know, spoiler alert, if you have yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it ultimately he has to live what he's preaching. Yep. You know, because he does ultimately at the end of the movie die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he dies saving them and basically say, you know, God, what was it? What was the line? Like, I, we didn't ask you to fight for us, but why'd you have to fight against yeah. us? Just leave us alone. Yeah, just yeah. leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> because everything that could go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Did did. Go Murphy's wrong. law yes. Of, a, yes. of a capsizing. 
And it's funny because all these things, and Roger Ebert pointed this out in this very snarky snark in the Snarky Bunch uh, review that he wrote about this yeah, movie. Yeah, tell us about that. It surprised me. There are a bu- it's, he's very sarcastic throughout uh, saying that, you know, all these formulaic things had to happen and there, you know, you have to have some sort of method of transportation. Something has to go horribly wrong. You have to have this character development and that like he goes through it pretty, you know, meanly where uh, kind of hard to have a ship disaster movie without a ship. I know <laughs> he had mentioned know. that there was like a, a movie with a Volkswagen bus with a maniac at the wheel and a midget in the glove compartment with a cherry bomb or something at some point. <laughs> Whoa, These are his I want to see this movie. Uh, yeah, I know. We <laughs> that, was that dirty Harry? I I, uh, he's, he's just kind of nodding to the fact that disaster movies just kept coming out and coming out and it's all yeah. the same kind of formula. And it doesn't even matter if you're on the VW well, bus or whatever. Well, it's well all the yeah. Cause I mean formula. this movie in a way it didn't begin it. But it was it, it was, was the ramp up. It was the ramp up. Absolutely. But then the sequel was the end of the yeah. disaster. Oh, mm. Hang on a second. I'm just gonna pause for a second. Check out a uh, just... what's her name's. <laughs> this movie had so Stella many Stella Stevens in that nightgown, yeah, which is that... barely oh concealing her chest. Yeah, it's a nice nightgown. I'm I approve of that. So nightgown. I'll talk for a minute while you guys um, just stare at the screen. But uh, to answer your question, Jason uh, Roger Ebert was talking about. A gigantic wall of water heading directly for the ship. It hits precisely at midnight on New Year's Eve, and splish splash, they're all taking a bath. He was just really sarcastic about well, this he, movie. He, he might have had an argument with his wife just yeah. before he did that. You it's know, there's always awesome. there's always backstories going on. But <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I mean, talk about a great cast. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah. I love Ernest Borgnine. Ernest you know, Dominic Santini Borgnine. Uh, Marnie. From yeah. Escape from New York and Gattaca. And you got oh, my Gene, God, Gene everything. Hackman from The Birdcage, Behind Enemy Lines, Wyatt Earp. Like, French Connection. He had just won the Academy Ants, Award. Which we covered on yeah, our show. Ants, yeah, <laughs> he had He had just won the Academy Award, I think, right? I think when, they, when the movie was in production, he won the Academy Award for The French Connection. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, yeah, French I remember, Connection, holy shit. I mean, if you want to see an acting movie... Gene Hackman, Roy Scheider. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. acting the crap out of everything. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you did not just him, but uh, Red Buttons was an Oscar winner, oh, with Shelley Winner, Jack Albertson. Yeah. So you got all these people. And um, Roger Ebert did point that out, too. He was like, yeah, so Gene Hackman managed to his, manages to save the Oscar winners all at the beginning, yeah, well, uh, along good. with yeah. the other stars of the movie, and everybody else dies. Well, so. and, and, you know, it's one of those things where no matter what Roger Ebert says about you, um, all you have to do is go, highest grossing movie of the year, and it really doesn't matter. Yes, because do you know what the budget <laughs> versus the box office No, I don't know what movie? the numbers were. No. It's Talk insane. It cost $4.7 million to make. And it grossed one hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Wow! Yes. Erwin Allen's career did not yes. end. No, over this one. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> the not. executives. Love yeah, that's why I was surprised yeah. because it, it hit all the the boxes for success, and yet Roger Ebert is sitting here, and he's like, uh, one of the things he said is he was uh, just trying to be contrary. I guess you know? so. He always oh, like you is what you're saying. Ooh, kind of. So something's popular. Kind of doesn't give an F yeah, it. yeah. You know, like. Uh, yeah, he even says something about like Jack Alberson as man, uh, aka Uncle Joe from yeah. Willy Wonka yeah, and the yeah. Chocolate Factory, aka Chico and the Man. Yes, yeah. there's yeah. that. But I, I, the first time I ever saw him, it's was a racy in Willy movie. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> racy. Well, you know, too, Ernest yeah. Borgnine yeah. has an interesting history. He he enlisted in the Navy right out of high school. Oh, so he's a personal hero of yours. Well, I love Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> Mikhail's Navy, actually. Because not yeah. only did he, was he a real Navy guy, he played one on yep. TV quite well. And and so he was discharged from the Navy in October of 1941. What? October. 
Wow. <laughs> Lucky son of a... But, <laughs> really close, yeah. God. But after... after immediately went right back in. Did. And served until ass. 1945. Yeah, of course he did. And he got out and he went home. And his his mom, mom is, you know, like, oh, you did great. You were in the war, blah, blah, blah. But after about a week and a half, it's like, well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're tired of you sitting at home. What are you going to do? And, you know, the dad was just like, well, why don't you go work at the local factory? And, and he's like, nah, I don't want to do that. And his mother was like, you know, you are, you love having attention and you're, you're just so big, you know, your character's so big. Why don't you try to do theater? Whose course, mother in the history of the ever, ever wanted their kid to go into theater? 10 years later. 10 years? Ten, no, no. 10 years later, he accepted his first Academy Award. Wow. Yeah. From, uh, I don't remember who the actress was. It was uh, a very famous actor. But he beat Spencer Tracy. He, he beat James Cagney. Wow. Yeah. He, he, Ernest Borgnine was a man. <laughs> oh. And he lived a very long life. And he was acting damn near up to the day he died. Was he? Oh, yeah. He died I mean, at 95. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, what was the... What was the last thing I saw in a sport? Well, well, he was in SpongeBob. SpongeBob, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Hi, Marie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ever want to think of that? Last Again, but anyway, so movie. so consequently, I've I've always adored him. My dad loved McHale's Navy. I loved McHale's Navy. Oh, when I was a kid, uh, Airwolf. Oh, Airwolf! I mean, another good one. That yeah. was just the coolest thing in the world because it was it was you know you had this young hotshot pilot up there, but then you had Ernest Borgnine in the back who fixed everything when it broke, you know? And he always reminded me a lot of my granddad. My, my granddad had a gaff in his teeth and he, he looked like Ernest Borgnine, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and not to interrupt you, Jason, but you were talking about lines in this movie and you said you, there was one that you remembered, but then when you rewatched it, it wasn't no, in the movie. I, yeah. My I, favorite one, we just passed it is, uh, when Shelly Winters and her husband are sitting at the table with this guy taking multiple pills for, Red and Red all these buttons, different yeah. reasons. Um, he, they were like, well, what advice would you give younger people or something? And he goes, never become a haberdasher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and I liked his character because it isn't stated. Because in this, in the scene you're, you're talking about, they said something about being married. And he's like, oh, you know, I'd like to time. be married, but I, I don't have the time. He runs his, his haberdashery yeah. and he doesn't have time. But then at the end, when he, not at the end, but towards the end, when he's talking to uh, Noni. Noni, yeah. Um, and she's lost her brother and he's very, he's saying, no, 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 no. You will learn to get over it. You'll learn to go on with your life. And it's sort of like he, he had somebody, you know, it's, it's really heavily implied, but I like the fact that they don't explicitly say it. Yeah. There's like, not a ton of exposition just dumped on. There you was with someone story. in his past that he loved who died mm-hmm. and he's, He says, it feels like you'll never get over it at first, but then you find new people, you find new things, and you learn to move past it. So, yeah, he's clearly got experience. How would you like to be sitting at that table? Oh, God. (laughs) You know, how cool would that be? It'd be pretty awesome. (laughs) I mean, and Gene Hackman's still badass. Well, and he's the most cursingest reverend I've ever seen. Well, you know, speaking speaking of cursing, one of the things I never caught until I watched it yesterday, and remembering that this is 1972, that he's um, drinking too. Well, no, 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 no. The part when when the Reverend uh, when he tells when, uh, Mr. Scott tells uh, Rogo go help him with the tree. 
Yeah. The big Christmas tree. We're going to, they're going to move the Christmas tree and set it up so they can climb up yeah, there. Yeah. Which Ebert and when, said was conveniently made out of like aluminum tubing or something. He was like, so lucky that worked out. Well, right. Well, well, screw you, I'm tired, I'm you I'm tired super, of him. Yeah. Yeah. Enough, I, enough of him. Yeah. Enough of him. <laughs> but no, whenever, whenever, um, Ernest Borgnine went to pick up the tree, he didn't realize how heavy the tree was. Like it, the actual prop tree was, and you Very can heavy. hear in the movie, you can hear Ernest Borgnine going, fuck, that's heavy. <laughs> and it's very, very soft, but it's they left it in the movie. And wow, I was thinking, great. this has got to be the first. It wasn't R-rated, I'm sure. But they slipped that by. And, you know, that, it, it's a movie that I, I don't even know. 1972 what was the rating system even like back then. Um, there it was just PG, R, yeah. and X. That I guess it was just PG. That was yeah, back probably. when Husky was still a close. Husky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, okay, so I've got a question for you both. Does the younger, like, not the younger sister, because the, the brother's the younger one, but does the sister have a thing for Gene Hackman yes. in this oh, movie? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, she's in love with him. Uh, yeah, it, okay. She's absolutely so. in love with she him. She is so in love with him. Because yeah. she's like, she's I was of, in love with him. Well, who wasn't? But, I mean, uh, think she, about it. You're she's eight- watching him across the yeah. ballroom at first, and then uh, even when he splits off, when the group is kind of divisive about you know where they want to move forward and how they want to navigate the ship and escape, she she follows him when he ventures off on his own. Well, and she's like, "I just feel safer around you." And then when he dies, she freaks out, and she's the only one. Everybody's sad, but she loses yeah, she her loses. mind. Well, yeah. There was a lot of physicality between the two of them. There was. There was I, a lot of physicality. I, yeah. I, I, think, I thought he's a priest. You know. That. Yeah. yeah. I think there was some... Easy reverend. The, <laughs> sort of the impression I got was that... Because, you know, her their parents are mentioned because the two kids... Yeah, the dad sends a telegram yeah, uh, at the beginning, but they're you never in see their France parents. or something. Something like that. Yeah, which is weird because the ship's going to Greece. So I don't. Who knows? Whatever. Maybe they're all going to meet up in Greece at some point. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of like and I don't know. I guess in 1972 you could do a story like this where it's sort of like budding sexuality plus father figure plus horrible, dangerous, life threatening situation. Missing parents. Missing. You know, who knows yeah, what the relationship yeah. was? I, I yeah. Because if her mom had yeah. been around, she would have like she would have nipped that in the bud. Yeah. Well, exactly. her mom would have died. Probably. Well, probably. Yeah, would, that's yeah, true. Would have died. Um, it's like y'all's 1942 movie or that movie that y'all... 1941? 1941, is that what it is? That y'all never stopped the, crying about? Oh, the Spielberg movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, with, uh, with uh, John, Jim, Belushi. John Belushi. John Belushi. No, 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 no. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. The one you mentioned on Smokey and the Bandit where the, the younger kid sleeps with the lady whose husband died. Oh, in Summer the- of 42. Oh, okay, yeah, Summer see, of 42. Oh, yeah, very yeah. different Some, movie. Yeah, yeah I was like, no, not 42. No, yeah. uh, so anyway... Uh, but yeah, so disaster is about to strike. Uh, there was a really bad earthquake off of the coast of Crete, and yeah. that causes in the shallows, the, and that the causes shallows. the tidal wave, which then in turn capsizes the Poseidon. Now, if they had, if they had turned hard port, yeah, earlier and took it straight on, they would not have capsized. I I agree. Really? I, I, I think they would have made it. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Okay. Absolutely. It would have it would have been a very fun ride. But I, but yeah. yeah, a lot of people would have gotten sick. <laughs> well, because because they had the watertight doors, everything was buttoned yeah. up. They say that it's like we're you know we're I don't remember what the line was. You well, know, well, tight a ship, as a drum. A ship could can pitch at an extraordinary angle. It can't roll more than forty five to fifty degrees before a top heavy shift will capsize, and that's what happened here. Because remember the the, the pumps were out to bring in the ballast, right. so they had a low ballast situation. So they were top heavy, and that's what uh, turned them over. But 
the set was must have been pretty cool to, that actually it, turned the, over. Sorry, like Gene Hackman that. is just like pimping out in the yeah. corner over there with two, the, one lady on each arm in the uh, ballroom. The set that they used, and this was, it's amazing that it only cost $4 million to make this movie. Yeah. What, what they did was they had a set that was modeled after the, um, uh, the Queen Mary ballroom. And it could actually roll almost 45 degrees. But the way they had the set built was that they could then uh, take it off. And they turn they it could over turn further, it yeah. and then reset it so that the ceiling was the floor. And so you'll you'll notice in the in the scene when the wave actually hits, mm-hmm. it's a combination of the set going over literally going over forty five degrees, and then a bunch of camera tricks. And they do stuff where they like they'll have an actor sliding and they have a rope on like a chair or a table next Got to it. Them. Okay. And so there's somebody off camera pulling so the rope practical down. effects that they had to pull. Yeah. They, and it, it does in that one little sense when the ship capsized, it did remind me of Titanic is I remember being scarred by that scene, watching people drop hundreds of feet. Yeah. Oh yeah. When the ship yeah. tilted up yeah. in the air. Oh God. Even this, like with the more practical effects that were a little, you know, a little dated, it was still rough to watch. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, at the end of the movie, when I watched it last night, I mean, I I, I had tears in my eyes. Oh, yeah. It was. It, it has some poignant it, it's, moments. It's, yeah. So the set, yeah, so, the set is rolling. Mm-hmm. And what an amazing set, because that is an exact replica of the of the ballroom. That is on impressive. Queen Mary. How the hell did they do this for four million bucks? In 72. I four million went a lot a lot. It was old. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it went a lot further. Whereas just the dragons on Game well, of that, Thrones probably cost. You see that the much MC too. there. His yeah. name is Bob Hastings. Do, do you, any of you know the significance of him? I know that name, but I don't know why. Tell us. All right. I'm going to leave it on this camera so we can see, but we can. I can still see you too. Yeah, you can see I, the disaster. I, I want to see the disaster. The poor guy, <laughs> the poor actor, getting soaked in the radio shack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> the radio shack. But do tell. So me. Bob Hastings. Played Lieutenant Leroy Carpenter, who was who was uh, Captain Binghamton's lapdog in in uh, McHale's Navy. So both Ernest Borgnine and Bob uh, Hastings were oh, reunited here. That's cool. Interesting. Now I just had this I had this kind of story in my head. Right, it's kind of comical because you know actors they can be catty. <laughs> Do you think? Never. A lot of them on this. A lot of them on this set were. <laughs> I can well, only imagine. Well, Ernest Borgnine was a very giving actor, but just say that he was one of those actors that was just looked down on all this, the the, the more, less, uh, the leading actors, the more supporting actors, like Bob yeah. Hastings. See, oh, the, go ahead. Uh, well, sorry, oh, yeah, there show. they go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like the tables, <laughs> you'll, you'll see stuff sliding down, mm-hmm. and there's there's a guy with a rope pulling it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But but I'm thinking, you know, Sterling Silifin or whoever, the producer, handed out the scripts and, and, and got it mixed up. And he told Bob Hastings that he was actually playing Drogo. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm just making this up now. And that oh. Ernest Borg and I was playing the MC. It's like, finally, I'm going to show Ernie my room acting chops. <laughs> and they get down to their first their first stage reading. It's like, oh, I'm the MC. And, and when do I die? Yeah. Right away. <laughs> yeah. Very, Pretty much very immediately. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but it must have been cool to get them back well, together. Oh, you know? man. Uh, a couple of things about the, uh, the the production of the movie that I thought were really cool. One was they, as you are both well aware, typically in a movie, you you don't film the movie in sequence. Right. No, yeah, almost you know. never. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, in Ghostbusters, the first time they ever filmed uh, Bill Murray. With Bill Murray. Yeah, was, was when they were running down the street in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. In this movie, they shot it entirely in sequence. 
Really? Ooh. And one of the reasons... Now I really don't understand how they did well, it for only $4.7 million. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. That's crazy. One of the reasons they did it is so that throughout the production, the clothes that they wore were oh. naturally just getting ripped up and dirty, and they were actually getting injured. Like... In the production of the movie, the actual oh, yeah, the cast director, was getting injured. The director wanted them doing their own stunts yeah. whenever humanly possible. Like, the very few of the stunts were done by stuntmen. The mm. when Roddy McDowell died, that was a stuntman. Okay, um, and because he said uh, in the interview I saw with Roddy McDowell, he said when you watch that scene, you don't understand that stuntman was falling down a 40-foot shaft, and if he had been off a little bit one way or the other, he was going to hit the wall and die. Right. Oh, God. You know. Um, but no, they so they filmed it in sequence. Which is, and, that's so amazing, because like even on shows like The Walking Dead that have to have that kind of continuity with clothes ripping, and I, um, the guy who plays Rick, he wore the same boots for years, to the point, he wouldn't let them replace them. He was like, no, just sew up the bottoms. Just keep sewing them up, because I don't well, want makes them to sense. look different. So it that kind of continuity, I guess it's worth it to yeah. shoot in sequence in that. that well, just and makes sense. and you know, like um, you, you have all these method actors. Um, oh, the guy. Oh, yeah, sorry. The guy <laughs> pinned underneath. Pinned the underneath the, uh, yeah. the debris. Yeah. Um, Somebody help me. Like Shelley Winters, uh, you know, she had one scene where she swam, uh-huh. but she trained with an Olympic swimmer. Did she really? Just so that she, and she didn't, she, you know, obviously she knew she wasn't going to look like an Olympic swimmer, but she wanted to look like somebody who used to swim. Yeah, because she even does have that line where yeah. she's like, just because I've put on a little weight doesn't mean I wasn't yeah. once an athlete. 30, like, 35 pounds, mm-hmm. and she claimed she never bounced, never, back, never, yeah. never bounced them back. Well, after yeah. a certain age, when you gain that kind of weight, it's really hard to take it back off. Oh, is that is that right? That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Tick, living that first hand. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, Clarice. But, uh, yeah, and then Noni finds out that her brother has died in the capsizing. Uh, Dr. Tooth. What? <laughs> oh. oh gee, he's he's Mupp- making a Muppet, 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 Muppet reference. Muppet joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Gene Hackman is sort of uh, helping I'm this guy. I'm dying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not it's, dead yet. <laughs> it's Janice from, uh, and it's like, did they base that band off of off of them because she looks like Janice the Muppet. Oh my God, she kind of does. She totally. Oh my God, that didn't even know that. Did, yeah, the one. <laughs> yeah, it's Janice. The, the, with yeah. like the share hair. Where, yeah. 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 Oh my oh, God. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, they might have gotten that yeah. idea. The timing was about. Was There's about a deleted right. scene actually where Animal died. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said unanimal at first, and I no, was like, Animal, bastard. No, animal. <laughs> the drummer. And, and, there, and there's the purser. Just stay here. But yeah, you. Um, yeah, the, the person gets his. The the, 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 uh, the person gets his comeuppance real fast. Let's just call him Gopher. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> real damn fast. Yeah, yeah. that's what this. That's you know needs Captain Steuben. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, and that that's a really hard call to make. I totally. mean, unless, yeah, especially when you don't know anything about the ship or the structural, Did, you know, integrity of it. Why are you just going to listen to a random reverend? Did you find yourself asking, what would I do in this situation? Oh, I was going to ask yeah. you both. Yes. Not, not just that, but like what movie star would you want leading you out of a crisis like this? Would it be? Because, you know, oh. like in Deep Blue Sea, uh, Samuel Jackson was disappointed that they killed his character off. And he was like, because, you know, in a movie, who's going to lead you out of there? Samuel Jackson is. because he's No, the he's t- not. Sometimes he is. No, he's, he's not. He's a leading man. Yeah. He said that in an interview about Mel Ray Gibson. Harlan. 
Oh, yeah. I'd follow Mel Gibson <laughs> I would follow, anywhere. I'd follow Mel Gibson into hell. <laughs> I'd follow him anywhere. Uh, uh, yeah, so, okay. What about you, Miss Brown? Oh, uh, Don Johnson leads me everywhere. Oh, my no, God. wait a minute. No, I know. I, or maybe Philip no. Michael Thomas, if I was... Uh, uh, no, no. Who is it? Charlton Heston. Oh, yeah. Easy. Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, a good that's one. True. If it was, you he know... He could park water. Exactly. He yeah. could... Uh, you can shoot, shoot zombies in yeah. I Am Legend, you know? I mean, pretty much in any scenario, if it's, you know, people who know everything about boats and how boats work versus Charlton Heston, I, I'm going to follow Charlton, Charlton Heston. Did you ever see the movie I Am Legend? Uh, you mean the Omega Man? Yes, I didn't see the, No, I've never seen the Omega Man. I've, I've seen I Am Legend with Will Smith, and I'll never watch it again because of the German Shepherd that dies. Uh, that is heartbreaking. Um, that's horrible. Omega Man's good. Though. I loved Omega Man, which is I, a remake yeah. of another I Am Legend from like the 60s. Oh, is it? Yeah. I read yeah. the book. Uh, now I want to see the original. But yeah. I never saw Omega Man, no. Uh, so yeah, Mel Gibson would be my vote for sure, or probably Burt Reynolds. I'd follow Burt Reynolds in a crisis. He is, yeah. Burt Reynolds is cool, though. He, he would have quippy one-liners as he Yeah, was. he'd keep things lighthearted as <laughs> yeah. he's helping you through the obstacles. Yeah, yeah he wouldn't give, yeah. Like when Shelly Winters pipes up and she's like, I used to be the hoop shoop champ. <laughs> whoop <laughs> For the hoop shoop champ. Uh, and he'd be like, really? You? I'm going with Gator McCluskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, what was the other thing I was thinking about? Uh, from a production standpoint, the, the actors were... Uh, you said something before about the the chemistry, you know, between the different actors. You know, Shelley Winters and the actor who played her husband apparently hated each other. Really? And Jack somebody, Albertson? Jack Albertson. Uh, and somebody Uncle asked Joe. him, what was your favorite part in, in the movie? Or what was your favorite when part? Shelley when Shelley Winters died. That's what he oh, said. No. <laughs> it was my favorite part was when she died. That's horrible. Oh. <laughs> that was the only time I saw him smile in the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Mrs. Rogo, uh, she said that her big regret from the movie is that she didn't keep the pair of panties she wore because she said, I could sell that on eBay and make a fortune. Absolutely, she could. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I remember as a kid seeing that movie. It's like, oh, I see underwear. Yeah. It was yeah. very exciting. Pink panties, yeah. yes, uh, as we've exciting. brought up before on the show, Jason. <laughs> you know what I'm referring to. But, uh, yeah, so Gene Hackman kind of takes charge. And it's funny because you were talking about the purser, and he was, like, he's not – He's sitting there and he's such a snob about his job. He's like, everyone thinks the captain is in charge of the ship when really it's me. It's because all this ship is is a hotel. Well, I mean, if you've ever been on a cruise, a if, you, if you've been on a cruise and you talk to the cruise director, they actually do think that. They they sort of think like the captain is the guy who, oh yeah, he's the ceremonial he steers head. The he, ship. he steers the <laughs> ship. Uh, we need to take a break. Yes, we And do. when we get back, I'm going to talk about the weird uh, Mandela uh, effect experience that I had with this movie, uh, which was very bizarre. And we'll be back in about one second. And we're back. Hi, and we're still watching the Poseidon adventure and the ship is still sinking. Well, it's a long ass movie. Yeah. We're not going to watch the entire movie with you guys. <laughs> uh, we do have a life uh, outside of you. Wait, you, you know, oh. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> He's got scale models to build in his back cave. I've later. got okay. cold macaroni and cheese to eat, damn it. <laughs> and a Sherman tank to finish. Yes. <laughs> it's been too damn hot. I haven't been able to get into my workshop for like a week. My legendary it's, macaroni and cheese was requested for a family gathering this weekend, so I'll be busting yes, that out. Yes. Oh, and here's a proposition. Now Whoa, that, um, I'm a married man. 
Oh, gross. Um, oh, no, no, but, no, you don't have to say that. Okay, that's <laughs> hey, the if you're gonna start, if you're gonna start, I'm taking you down. But no, so uh, something that I have to interject uh, in this whole, you know, thing right now is Dragon Con has been canceled. And anybody who's known me for more than five seconds realizes that this is the cancellation of my highest of holy holidays, and your beloved Darth is devastated. You'll you'll notice my hand near the wah wah sound, <laughs> but I'm not going to play. But, but you, if you recall, no, I said I'm. <laughs> what, now what did, <laughs> I said I'm I not heard, going I to. Heard a sound. Now, Darth, what what did you send in your text about other holidays? Something about married. People stupid married people and stupid children that they have, that all the holidays are for them. Uh, Dragon Con is the one holiday that I get to celebrate as a... Uh, as a married man with children, I will give Larry Miller, you know where I'm going with mm-hmm. this, the only vacation a man has when he's married with children. Holiday, not vacation. Is once he seals up that car and walks from the passenger side <laughs> to the driver's side. It's like, wow, that was a great vacation. And wow. then you go and it's over. Yeah. That's well, it. It's no, so true. It's, yeah. it's So a, quit your whining. You no. get a vacation or a yeah. holiday all the time. It's so not, you happen to miss one. You, you yeah. are equating vacation and holiday and I'm not right now. So, no, gentlemen, even my mother texted me. To tell me how sorry she was that Dragon Con was canceled. She was like, hey, sweetheart, did you see they canceled your thing? And I was like, yes, I'm weeping in a corner in my house right now. And she goes, oh, I know, baby, I'm sorry. And I was like, it's okay, I'm 32. I should be past this. Well, yeah, that's I'm not. Thing, you know, well, that's the thing, you know, you learn as you get older not to have expectations. Um, you know? <laughs> not all of us are quite just, in this doldrumish <clears throat> existence that you are, Jason. I still remember that day when... When I sat in that movie theater and I saw that, that Jar Jar Star Banks. Wars logo, and <laughs> that was the death of any sort of you know joy how, and happiness. How old and, were you when that happened? When the light uh, went out of your eyes? I well, see, I was in college. Uh, I was probably what a sophomore. Okay. In he made college. it to college. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He made it. Oh no, I would have been like Skid Row. Of, no. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, would have been living in a box next to. Uh, I would. I would have gotten a job on a steamer, and I would have sailed to Greece with Gene Hackman. You probably would have met Mr. Brown earlier in life. In that case, probably so. Yes, but, yeah. would have been good. No, would have worked together. Anybody who's ever known me knows God not to invite us. me anywhere on Labor <laughs> Day. Weekend. Coal. Speaking of How old work, is the ship that you're on. Yeesh. They still use. Well, not really. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of ships, uh, what what is the ah. the and what do we have going on here in the studio today? We have we have a device, an object. Well, most of our viewers know I like to get into costume when I come here. Just Why are you to, looking at me when you say that? <laughs> to, to liven things up. Well, it was hard. This is a '70s movie. I, I didn't have any more turtlenecks. I could have been Gene Hackman. So I thought, well, it's the Poseidon Adventure. So I was a submariner at one time. My boat was the USS Lafayette, which Wait, happened what? to be. A Poseidon boat. We had we started out as a Polaris missile system, and then we graduated to the Poseidon missile system. And then I became an instructor. And before they closed down our training courses, this was on a shelf. This is an inner gimbal assembly for a Poseidon missile. So, if anyone at the National Security Agency is watching, um, yes. <laughs> we had nothing to do with this. <laughs> Darth um, and Jason are innocent. I have no idea what that is. Well, you know, it's, I trained commanding officers, executive officers, and weapons officers, and I actually hosted the very last class that they had before they decommissioned all of our boats. So this was on a shelf, so I just kind of... <laughs> Tucked and ran. <laughs> no one noticed it was gone. And now I have and it proudly displayed. Oh, in addition, wait, there's something okay. else. 
about to say, he brought several props with him today. And none of them are scary. When this I was a, when I was so a young cool. lad, my dad took me to see Ernest Borgnine. I don't know if you can see this. As in a one-man show, an offer you can't refuse. And I was like a little 10-year-old, Mr. Borgnine, could you sign my poster? And he did right there. It looks like he said Ernest Bong, but it says Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> that is the coolest damn thing. And Samuel Galu, who was the playwright. Uh, awesome. And it was, it was great. And he was so gracious. He was so friendly. Lift it up. What does it say? A Cosa, yeah, a Cosa Nostra book club selection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. An offer you can't refuse is Bon Tempo. Gotta it was it. it was uh, it was amazing. Like I said, I, I have a, a thing for Ernest Borgnine because he was a it was a, a naval and served in the navy as as did I. Mm, and he was cool. He was cool when you met him. Oh my god, super cool. Because you never know when these celebrities oh, yeah. come out. He, and I didn't know. I was a kid. He was an Academy Award winner. And he just came right up to me, and I was just like, Mr. Borgnine, I love you. Give me that thing, you know. And he just, Ernest Borgnine, and then Samuel Galu, thank you for coming. And they were just, they were gracious, they were friendly. And he he was larger than life, even. I can imagine. He was amazing. He was a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. You have to love it when your Hollywood idols are actually Uh, nice people, much like Mr. Carey always, which I'll never shut up about. But, yeah, that's it's always a positive thing when you get to meet some of your heroes. Oh, no, he's, like, dead. (laughs) Yeah, Nani's a little bit – did she get hit in the head really hard because she's – Well, her brother brother just died right in front of her. Well, a lot of people just died. Oh, my God, is that (laughs) – What? What just happened? Jesus Christ. What are you complaining? Your brother died. Lots of people just died. Every Like half the passengers just died. And My best friend just exploded. Oh, don't be sentimental. Things explode all the time. <laughs> Get over it. We need to survive. Climb the Christmas tree. Yeah. But, he's gone. Just let him go. Come on. He's only hey, been a part Rose of your life. Hey, if Rose can let Jack yeah. sink into that icy Atlantic water, I was about to say, you, yeah, you, you would be the person going, Get off me, Jack. <laughs> Oh, his hand came off. Frozen bastard. Yeah. Ooh, a bobble. I'm glad I found that necklace <laughs> yeah. in your coat pocket. I am so not going to drop this in the water when I'm a senile 90-something-year-old. Nope, never. But, uh, yeah, there is a, an important piece of jewelry in this movie as well. Actually, that's a nice little connection there yeah, to there is. Um, yeah. Shelley Winters. Yeah, that's true. We didn't really bring up the whole thing with uh, Shelley Winters and her husband. Because and yeah, this why is the last the time I'll bring up Mr. Ebert because he did mention that, oh, yeah, uh, Jack Albertson and Shelley Winters say a couple of Yiddish words and they won't shut up about their grandchildren just in case you weren't concerned about them being Jewish. Like they they really hit that hard in the beginning is what he's saying. So like every Jewish grandmother in the world. I guess so. I, that's pretty much says a couple of Yiddish words and won't shut up about her grandkids. Yeah. A sen- so a totally believable Jewish grandmother. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. She's got this necklace that she keeps trying to pawn off on Jack Albertson, her husband, to give to their grandson because from the get-go, she's ready to give up. Yeah. Because uh, she's, and she's complaining. I had to point this out. I was like, of course, leave it to a woman to complain about her weight in the middle of a life-threatening crisis because <laughs> she keeps bringing up the fact that she's too fat to climb. She's too fat to fit through well, this shaft that they're climbing through, like anything. It's just she keeps talking about it. And it's kind of an interesting commentary on American society. Mm. Um, it, it's similar to, uh, I don't know if either of you have ever read any of the Nero Wolf books. Negative. Nero Wolf is a he's a fictional detective, um, written by a guy named Rex Stout. Um, Great books. Uh, There was a great TV series. Um, Oh God, the guy from uh, Leverage. uh, I'll find it out. You know the TV series. (laughs) Crap. I'll I'll find it out. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, he made a TV series out of it years ago. But, but the whole character of Nero Wolf, he's fat. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. He doesn't leave his house. He's he's fat, and it people always walk into his office and like, oh, my God, you're a fat. And he's like 250. It looks like it's just called Nero Wolf. Yeah, but uh, Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton was oh, like, t- he, I yeah, Timothy was Hutton. Wolf. No, he played Archie Goodwin, who oh. was Nero I was about Wolf. To say, that doesn't look like but him. he, but he was the executive producer. He was. A oh, creator. gotcha. Yeah. I love Timothy. It Hutton. was, it was a Timothy Hutton production, basically. Gotcha. But well, one of my, one of my famous detect, fav, favorite detectives was Cannon. Mm. William Conrad, a very big man, but a, yeah. a huge man. But anyway, but, I interrupt. Go ahead. But so it's like. In the books, they're always like people are walking into the office and going, "Oh my God, you're so fat!" And it's <laughs> like in 2020, no one would even notice. No, and like Shelley Winters in this movie, it's like, "Oh, oh, she's fat. Oh, and it's not you know, like she's and she's obese. not she's no. really. She's healthy. She's not fat. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very different world <laughs> that we live in well, today. And you know, you're comparing her to what an 18 year old and a prostitute who, yeah. you know, they're yeah. they weigh significantly less than she and, does. But you know, she's a grandma. That's what grandmas are supposed to look like. I think also Shelley Winters was probably her character knew she was going to die because Shelley Winters had a history of dying in water <laughs> in movies. Did she? Oh, Night of the she's she, like five times. I know she's like in Lolita, Night of the Hunter. A, a she, she drowned. She didn't die in those movies. No, she she drowned in Night of the Hunter. She drowned. In fact, actually, Roger Ebert, oddly enough, he wrote um, after she died. Mm-hmm. He wrote a very nice piece about her, sort of a retrospective on Aww. Shelley Winters. That's and sweet. that was one of the things he said. It was, it was <laughs> she. She actually one of her quotes was, uh, "Underwater, I'm a superstar." Because uh, she died so many times in water. Well, she even has that line in in this movie because she goes uh, underwater. I'm a much younger woman. Yeah. Like so, uh, she was. And in, she does it by God. She was adamant yeah, about helping Gene yeah. Hackman because he's the only one who's really progressing them along the ship and yeah. really making an active attempt to save them and get them over these obstacles. And she's like, "No, this is something that I know how to do. Well, let and, me help you." And, and even that is such an interesting thing because watching this, particularly later on in the movie, when the 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 group of our heroes are going to go one way and they run into people who are headed towards the bow. Uh And Gene Hackman is so absolutely committed. Yeah. It's, it's like God is telling him, He's, go he's to just the, like a channel. Go to the stern. Yep. Because he has no logistical, like, he's got he a lot no of reason, reason to no. know, uh, except for no. what uh, Robin is telling him. He <clears> goes, <throat> the steel is only one inch thick. Yeah, but Ernest Borgnine is right. An inch of steel? Yeah, yeah what are but we that's do? better than two inches of steel, is yes. what Gene Hackman says. Yeah, yeah. And he gets everybody out of the ballroom, except, and he even sticks around to try and get the last of the stragglers to go with him because the purser won't let... He's like, no, they're going to come and rescue us. It'll be yeah. fine. But then they all, they clamor on each other and you hear, oh, that well, was one of the poignant woman, moments when a woman's screaming like, get off me, get off me. Don't, don't climb on me or something yeah. like that when she's drowning in the water. It, it, if Ugh. you look at even at his dialogue, like when he's telling the people to leave the, the ballroom mm-hmm. and he says, you know, if you stay here, you'll certainly die. And it's such a biblical, like, John the Baptist, Moses, sort yeah, of. Yeah, he's like, up on the mountain. He's up on top of this thing, people. yelling at them, yeah. "If you stay here, thou shalt certainly die." Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because he's a character who's so angry with God. 
He's so mad with God. Which are why his and, you know sermons aren't that inspirational to everyone because he's just yeah. preaching so one-sided. He preaches to the strong. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. before we forget, Jason, you were mentioning before our break that uh, this movie has a Mandela effect. Yes, So what, yes, what is yes. it that you were going to say about that? It's the weirdest thing. So I haven't seen this movie in probably 20 years. Um, I, you know, I, I saw it several times when I was a kid. I loved it. Um, maybe not 20 years. I probably saw it. I, I saw it in college, I'm sure. Okay. Um, but for years now, and, and okay, first of all, the Mandela effect, for those of you who don't know. Is, I was about to is, say we might want yeah. to explain that. There was, the very short version of it is, there was a group of people, uh, I believe journalists, who were at a convention or some sort of an event. And one of the journalists said something about the, the funeral of Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. The person he was talking to said, what are you talking about? Nelson Mandela is not dead. At the time, Nelson Mandela was alive. Right. And these journalists are talking, and half of the people in the room very, very clearly remember watching on TV the funeral of Nelson Mandela. The other half of the people are totally bewildered, saying, you couldn't have, he's not dead. Mm -hmm. And it gave rise to this thing called the Mandela effect, which people have interpreted it a million different ways. But basically, it's when you remember something, you know something happened a certain way. Right. And then you find out never occurred. Uh, there's lots of little examples. Like, do you remember when you were kids, the children's books about the bears? Uh, the the Berenstein versus the Bernstein bears? Do you remember those? The Berenstein uh, bears, of course, yes. Don't exist. Berenstain. Oh, Berenstain. Yeah, everybody, like, yeah. I always <clears throat> called them yeah. the Berenstain bears. Me too. So. Everyone has, you know, so there's all these different things where people talk about, like, well, I know that this happened this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Monopoly guy, you know, the the little... Little guy with the monocle. Isn't he, isn't he a monocle? He, has he does not have a monocle. <laughs> no. That's actually no. one of them. People remember it. No. I, rem- I remember yes. it. Oh, and this, yeah. this pertains to yeah. our show specifically. Gentlemen, does Alf have a tail or not? No, no tail. No. He absolutely does have a tail. Oh. You are shitting me. No, Alf has a tail. I learned that from listening to, uh, I, I always knew Alf that he has had a, a tail. Alf has a tail? Alf has a tail. It's like this little short, stuffy, stubby tail that he's got. It's not like a big, long, dog, waggy tail, but he definitely has one. Does Seinfeld have a tail? I hope not. He does. It's called the <laughs> coccyx. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that no. what they're calling it? So, so that was the back tail, not the front tail. Basically, the Mandela effect is, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, it's like different timelines and people, you know, people will take it to, you know, extremes. Mm-hmm. And there are legitimately some pretty big examples that make people go, what? Um, in this case, in this movie, for years, I used to say, one of, if not my favorite line in a movie ever was uh, at the end of the movie, somebody, decide an adventure. somebody says, yeah, well, what I always remembered <laughs> was that at the end of the movie, he somebody says to Noni, oh yeah, he does have a tail. <laughs> um, she says, after they get out of the ship, after they cut the hole in the ship and they get out, she, the sun is rising and she says, isn't it, it's a beautiful sunrise. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember somebody saying to her, um, Words to the effect of, sweetie, they're all beautiful sunrises. You're just not old enough to realize it yet. And that line has stuck with me for years because I just, I love that. I just, to me, that's like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's like such a beautiful thought. They're yeah. all beautiful sunrises. Um, 
Didn't watch, happen. It's not in the movie. But no, you, it isn't. I, I watched not it this in the movie. And you're right. It's not, not in the movie. movie. You have mentioned that line though in a previous episode. I have said was it. it in reference to this. It was in reference to that movie. Uh, okay. And I'm now I'm wondering like it because could it was it in the sequel? Maybe like did, did Sally Field say that to well, somebody like, at the end of of Beyond the Poseidon Adventure? Well, and it's the same effect. It, interesting that you bring up Sally Field. How people quote her as saying, "You love me. You really love me," and she never, never said, said that. Yeah, she said something similar, yeah. but she never said it exactly. Beam me that up, way. Scotty. Nope, never, never said that. it. Uh, Joe Friday saying just the facts, ma'am. Never mm-hmm. said it. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha really only got said, I think, once or twice on the Brady Bunch. But people, whenever they talk That's about Jan, know, yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So there's all these little things that we remember, and it, it you know, and it can be wildly polarizing. Like oh, you yeah. get into fights with your friends yeah. over these, well, these like, kinds of conversations. One that I I always thought, well, that one didn't do it for me was was uh, the peanut butter brand that starts with a J. Jiff. Jiffy. If not, <laughs> that's it. Look, choosy mothers choose Jiff. What? And you said Jiffy. I said Jiffy. That's right. It's Which one is Jiff. It? Is it? It's Jiff. Oh man, you thought it was Jiffy. I thought it was Jiffy. See, Jiffy, I, Jiffy is a brand of European condoms, by the way. Oh, maybe and that. It, maybe that's what you're thinking of. And if it, <laughs> maybe, choosy moms <laughs> choose Jiffy. No, the, and, and their the, tagline was no, they're not moms if they're choosy. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> if you want to be spiffy. Come in a jiffy. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. That's oh the most. That is the most. Oh my god! That's Adam. the most brilliant tagline <laughs> ever. They need to make a car called the Jiffy, yes. just so they can use that. It's polite. <laughs> it's right. <Yes. laughs> it's Mister Sneezy. <laughs> Good night. No, no. Um, but uh, no, the the Jiff versus Jiffy one because whenever I, that was one of the examples I read, and I went, well, you know, it's Jiff. I don't remember it being Jiffy, but then I said that to somebody else, and they said, no, it's Jiffy. I've always and called I'm, it Jiffy. Yeah. I, I don't know. But then again, I mean, people, it's not just the Mandela effect. People will kind of free associate some words. Like with me, I can never remember um, hamburger helper. I don't call it that at home. I call it uh, beefaroni. And Josh knows what I'm talking about, but. Beefaroni is a thing though, isn't it? It is. They're two yeah. completely different yeah. things. But for whatever reason, hamburger helper just doesn't stick in my head. So when I'm I'm cooking, I'll text Josh. I'm like, "Hey, we're having beefaroni tonight," and he's like, "Cool." And he knows I'm talking about yeah. Amber Helper. So God, it's just, it's I funny love, how your memory. Helper. In college, that was like my staple food. <laughs> <clears throat> Me and my roommates, not we, ramen. We, we, we would get no, no, no. That was when we could, we we would pool our money together. And we'd get you had to pool your money for a box of hamburger helper. It yeah, was like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like stovetop stuffing. We all love stovetop stuffing. Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to cook you, fellas. All I wanted was a goddamn stovetop stuffing. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is Um, funny how that works. And so, so now they're making their way through the kitchen. Yes, a lot of really a lot of dead folks. They went through the galley. The the galley. A lot of hot pants too. Yeah, get it together, Sam. A lot of hot pants. I should have known that. (laughs) The mess decks. And and this whole thing going up, going, going up the staircase upside down. They needed to pull Shelly Winters up. They needed to pull all of them and everyone up. But but you know you'll notice Gene but, Hackman just goes right up because yeah, he's, he's Gene fucking Hackman. Damn you, Gene Hackman. He's the Mel Gibson. Oh. Hey, he almost killed Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven. Almost. Really? Almost. Ooh, that's How? right. He was a bad. guy. He was a bad guy in Unforgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I thought was, you meant yeah. like maybe it was like a set. Mistake no, or no, 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 like, no, no, no. He so. was he was the bad guy in uh, Unforgiven. No, I know that, yeah. but I thought you meant it was like a, a Brandon Lee like mistake with a weapon or something like that. So I thought there was a story behind that. Good lord, that was a good movie. 
But um, yeah, so they're climbing. Well, Gene Hackman climbs the stairs on his own, but everybody yeah. else is a little too. Uh, I don't know, not in shape enough to make that happen. I feel like I could do it. Yeah, I could. Well, especially if there are rails on either side, you could pull yourself up. Especially if it was, you know, you're going to die if you don't. Yeah, I could probably get myself. And then when the water starts rushing in behind them, where they've just they've crossed the galley, and now they're then they start freaking out. They're like, "The water's coming! It's coming to get us!" And it's like, "Okay, well then, hustle your ass up the stairs." You find a little athleticism when the adrenaline really kicks in. I'm so glad at no point in the movie did a shark manage to make its way in. No, I was thinking that. <laughs> oh, my God. No, That's what they would when, do if they made it today. Especially when they get into uh, that circular shaft with the ladder. It's just like in it's, Deep Blue Sea. I know. And that it's the is, exact same situation. That scene in Deep Blue Sea, I don't know. You know, every once in a while you just you see something. And even though it looks totally fake and stupid, like uh-huh. it sticks with you. Oh, God, yeah. When she gets killed. Anne Heche, when I she I hate Rennie Harlan even talked about that because that was such a really, Ugh. that was a difficult practical effect for them to achieve because it's a mechanical shark that they're working with. And Anne Heche is literally like riding it like a bull. And yeah. It's biting her in half. Yeah. Oh, my. And Tom Jane is trying to grab her out of the water. And his face when that yeah. shark. Goes back. We've got to do. We, we need to do that. Oh, life abs- soon. well, I think we need to after do that Disaster month. We need to do like animal disaster month. So okay, Ana- Katie like, wants to okay, do animal Park, movies. We could do like Deep Blue Sea. I don't want to do Jurassic Park. We could it's do too, Ben. It's too good. Uh, Willard. It's a, Did you ever see? Yeah, Willard? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Willard with the rats. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, oh yeah. I that one out. Ugh. That that's a messed up movie. Gross. Yeah. But we could do all sorts. There are all sorts of animal disaster movies. We could definitely make that happen. So here's Ernest Borgnine pulling up Shelley Winters with no help from the other two. <laughs> the, the, little kid, the, the kids are helping him. It's they fun. they're acting like they're helping yes. him. Well, Ernest Acres, Borgnine okay, is doing. Okay, let's yeah. talk about Acres because he's the what Scottish. The, on the, the porter, yeah, something like with that. With a weird yeah. accent. Well, and he's he's Scottish, and sometimes he's Irish, yeah, he and sometimes really he's American. <laughs> uh, but he's injured. He's he's severely cut open or burned his leg, some, or some combo when the ship capsized. So he Gene Hackman is kind of taking responsibility for him, and meanwhile he's like, Rogo, get everybody else up here. Like, I'm going to go open the next door. So he, put, he tries to put some responsibility on the next able-bodied man. And yeah. Uh, Rogo is just bitching and moaning the entire way through the ship. Just, it's yeah, his personality. It is. It's just the way he is. It I is. Guess. And Ernest Borgnine, you can tell Ernest Borgnine really had fun with a lot of the acting. He actually, oh, sure. he said his favorite scene to film in the whole movie mm. was after his wife died. When he had, when he just freaks out. I thought you out. said that about Jack Albertson. Well no. well, no, 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 no. He Jack liked Albertson, it when Shelly died because he, just, he didn't have to deal with her anymore. He just liked it because he didn't have to deal with Shelly Winters anymore. Ernest Borgnine just loved the scene where he was like screaming at Gene, you, you murdered her, her. Yeah. preacher. Yeah, that's you know. sad. But uh, There's got to be a morning after. There's, ah. there's a surprisingly <laughs> sweet story between Ernest Borgnine and his wife in this movie because, oh. uh, like we said, she's a retired prostitute. and he's <laughs> Retired? <laughs> You said retired. I know. It's just, <laughs> but uh, she's when, limited her, sta- yeah. you know, her clientele to, to one. one. Well, fortunately, <laughs> Henry Winkler uh, set her up with a uh, a part ownership and a burger joint. Ah, <laughs> That's how they can afford yes. to go on this trip. We just cross, crisscross, crisscross. Cross. <laughs> Chris Cross. <laughs> no, but when they're arguing in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's, cry- she's crying. <laughs> the unofficial prequel oh, to the Poseidon. Oh my God. No, the, hooker, the, the burger shop that led to the ticket purchase of the Poseidon Crips. 
<laughs> oh my <Ooh>. god. <laughs> same universe. Yep, same same universe. Uh. But um they they do have kind of a sweet backstory because uh you find out that the wife Sorry, no, I'm just thinking of <laughs> when the ship goes over seeing Michael Keaton fall flat dressed in Splatting like Tarzan. <laughs> 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 the crown broke my fall, Chuck. Oh, the ship broke my fall there, Reverend. That awesome. Would, that would sap all the drama. I want to see it, it Michael Keaton in that Tarzan outfit, just like wandering around the ship now, and just in his red chucks. Well, do you know? Do you know who played? Uh, who who starred in the uh, the TV version remake of Poseidon Adventure? No. Steve Gutenberg. Yes, <laughs> I love me some Gutenberg. Go, go on, and uh, one of the one of the lesser Baldwin's. Uh, was the Gene Hackman character, Billy, I think. Adam, I, Steven. I think it was Adam. Which one was in Firefly? Adam. I think it was Adam Baldwin. That was, yeah, he was Jane. Go go on YouTube and look for the- No, see, I follow the, Adam Baldwin through a crisis, too. I would, too. I like yeah, that. No, I, no I, I, I actually like the other Baldwins. Yeah. Uh, I hate Alec, but I love the other Baldwins. Oh, um, what are you going to do? Uh, but no, uh, go on YouTube and look for the- they have the the, the, the ending of the TV version of oh, the God. Poseidon Adventure. Oh, no. They actually show the the ship sinking. Like how in long the do end. they want that TV show TV show to go on? It's it's about a sinking it, ship. Well, it was it was a TV movie. Oh, it I thought you said TV no, show. Sorry, sorry. And I got no, my, my mistake. It was a TV movie, but gotcha. it was it's a horribly computer generated ship sinking. Oh my! And it keeps cutting back to like Steve Gutenberg looking off. Sadly, oh. as the, and then it cuts the back to goes down like a ship. bad PlayStation ship sinking. Unlike Leslie Nielsen, who got to go out like a man getting pulverized by millions of gallons Fuck of yeah. water. That's the way to go. It's quick. It is. That's what I hear. But uh, <laughs> I am serious and don't no, call but, me the captain. But Borgnine and his wife. So you get this backstory where she's so afraid of being recognized by one of her former Johns and the husband. He's like, you know, if I cared about that, I wouldn't have married you in the first place. So it doesn't matter. Even if somebody does recognize you, who cares? And then uh, she's like, well, you're the dirty cop who arrested me like six times. And he's like, well, yeah, I had to get you off the street That's so that you would scene. marry me eventually. And she's like, oh, yeah, I had to figure like, out a way. I had to figure out a way of keeping you off the streets until you'd marry me. Yeah. And, and what's was, what's great in that scene is Borgnine and her, the transitions that they both show mm-hmm. from being just totally angry uh, when, you see the tenderness that's yeah. a part of their relationship. W- yeah, when I was in film school, um, my ugh. directing teacher, he said, "If you, what's the motivation?" Well, no, he, he well, yeah, no. Okay. Uh, he said, "When you do an audition, um, the best thing you can do is try to give them something that goes from one to the other, and watch them transition. Mm-hmm. And if they can do that, hire them." Yep. You know, that makes um, sense. And like you see that with Borgnine, like at the end when he's so happy that they cut the hole in the ship and he's totally excited. And then he's he elated. Cut, and, and then he yeah. looks back and you can see him remembering the fact that, oh, my wife's dead. Yeah. And it's it's smooth as glass. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely it, wonderful. Because he does sort of take on the hero, you know, yeah. actions while, after Gene Hackman is gone. And uh, what is the character's name who's got Nani in tow the yeah. entire time? What is his name? Uh, Red Buttons. Red Buttons. Red Buttons. I, okay. I, don't even, yeah. I don't know the yeah. character's name. I could look it up. But uh, he's like, hey, Gene Hackman told you, you've got to get everybody through this. You've been bitching and beefing the entire time. Yeah. Get off your ass and make this happen. Yeah. And that's, that's a great the scene. first time he has yeah. like a really tough guy moment yeah. of his own, except yeah. for the time that he like dragged Nani through 35 feet of water to get her out. Yeah. So, I mean... 
you know, that works out pretty well. They have, they've got a good dynamic and they're probably going to wind up together after yeah. this movie is over. Well, that, that this whole movie is sort of a, a, you know, an example of a certain kind of person that doesn't exist anymore in movies. You know, it's like when Gene Hackman, when he's, when Shelley Winters dies mm. and the husband, oh, that moment got yeah, me. Yeah. And, and her husband, you know, is telling Gene Hackman, you know, well, uh, I need to say goodbye. And Gene Hackman's like, you've got one minute. Oh, yeah. 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 You know? You got to make it, it fast. Make it's, it like fast. A, it's like a wartime it decision. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm getting your ass out of here. Right. Well, but, he did but, the same thing as what happened had uh, what had to happen with Nani and her brother. You know, Red Buttons had to be like, listen, we've got to go. He's dead. You've got to settle on that right now. Yeah. That like I wasn't trying to be harsh with that earlier, but that's what he had to tell yeah. her to get her to move her ass. Yeah. And save her own life. And that, oh, that line that keeps coming back where all life is important. Yes. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah. Because in what was especially sad, I would say that Shelley Winter's death is the saddest one in the entire movie. I agree with you. Because you get this really hopeful moment where, because she's kind of a sad sack there for a minute and they need to drag her and push her and convince her to go along with them to save her own life as well. Then she like accomplishes something and she achieves her goal and she saves Gene Hackman's yeah. life. Yeah. And then she has a freaking heart attack. Yeah. What is that? She, like, well, she sacrificed, you know, I mean, she, at the end of her life, she died saving somebody. Yep. And she's, you know. Who was going <clears> to <throat> save the others. Yeah, and her yeah. whole character is based on that that symbol for life. Uh-huh. You know, and you have to that think, That I mean, and her uh, swimming medal that she just yeah, wears many yeah. years later. Yeah, that yeah, was another thing yeah. Ebert brought up. He was like, because why wouldn't you be wearing that swimming medal? <laughs> like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still wearing this hat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, been... I'm wearing your other hat, so I guess I can't really talk <laughs> my, that much. My, my, much mom, my mom has been a housewife for 50-something years, and mm. she still has the medal that she won when- for Being the hoop shoot chant. No, she uh, when she was in uh, school to be a legal secretary, and okay. she won a, a little medal for being the best typist. And she was still she a shorthand girl. And she still you know, oh she was no she <laughs> used to do yeah she yeah, steno and all that stuff. I mean it's you know fifty three years ago, um, <clears throat> but she yeah she she still has that medal and she's it's proud of that accomplishment. And she's damn proud of that medal. So it's sort of like I actually thought of that when Shelley Winters took the swimming medal out. I'm like yeah I could see oh. my mom doing that. Well, it's, your glory, it's your glory days. You want to hang yeah. on to that. And also, this is what, 1972. Yeah. So let's assume that Shelley Winter's character is. She's out. like 45, 48, 50. Like let's 52. say she's got to be a little up there because she yeah. is a grandma. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's just say to make the math easy, she's 52. Okay. okay. Which would mean that she was born in 1920. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A Jewish person born in 1920. Going to see your kids who are in your your child and grandchild in Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, you were about thirty, or you were nineteen when the Second World War began. You know, you you know how many of her relatives died. You know, the and how they hard of never a life is she had saving up at their little yeah. hardware store to even be able to go yeah. see her own kids. But, yeah, but that's the thing; they don't ever hit it on the head. The word Holocaust is never mentioned. No. But it's just sort of left there, like it's still on the periphery. Like it's it's still, it's a part of her character. Yeah, it's absolutely. a part of his character too. That yeah, life is important because mm-hmm. believe you me, it can go like it can that. change so quickly. Yeah. Yep. 
But I remember the in the opening scene when the little boy goes by or something. No, it was red red buttons, buttons and goes running by, you know, and and she starts talking about how much she's looking forward to seeing her grandchild, who she's never seen. And I was just like, oh, I know what's gonna happen to her. You know, my heart yeah. just sank because you know how much she wanted to see. Oh yeah, that's that all she grandchild. Wanted. That was and, her whole life. Yeah. And nobody else had a goal beyond this vacation that they're on on the yeah. ship. Yeah. She well, besides she, her and her husband, but she's the one who keeps hitting on it. Yeah. And yeah. uh, even she and Robin, the little boy, kind of make a special little bond because at first, when they're talking about pulling her up the stairs, he's like, oh, oh I helped my dad pull in a 600-pound marlin off the coast of wherever. And Which then is later, a big-ass marlin, let me tell you. Yeah, that's an impressive. <laughs> that's a big marlin. That's an old yeah. man in the sea kind of marlin yeah. right there. But uh, later, he's so sweet, and he was like, Mrs. Rosen, I'm awful sorry. I didn't mean to compare you to the fish and say that you were that big. And she's like, all this and that's what yeah. you're worried about? I was like, you've been talking about how fat you are this yeah. entire time. Apparently that's all anybody can focus <laughs> on. So it just, I, I just, you yeah. know, this scene, I, I had this thought. You ever you ever seen the, the paintings of the dance macabre? Yes. Th- this scene. That wouldn't have occurred to me, but okay. Because all the people, they're just sort of like... They're walking towards they're, death. They're like zombie-esque, like, yeah. And yeah, and they're almost zombie-esque. And you've got the one guy who, he's not a bad guy, but the he's doctor. He's a doctor. The doctor, and, doctor yeah. Because yeah, in, in what's, in as much as people don't like to think that labels make a difference in their lives, if you're going to follow a reverend or a doctor, who are you choosing to follow in what, neither of them know anything about the shit. Right. Not really. Yeah. Neither one has but a clue. when you hear the yeah. word reverend and the word doctor... Who do you think of as the smart person that you're going to follow? See, like, it, you, my, so I have a problem wa- with that because I've known enough reverends and doctors. I don't know which which one of those no, idiots exactly. I would yeah. pick. I, I agree with that. Like, <laughs> You can be just as smart as a reverend or as a doctor. It doesn't matter. But those labels are going to start kicking in, especially when you're panicking and you don't know who to follow in order to survive the next few hours. Sorry, reverend. I'm going with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going oh, with yeah. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> That's right. I'm going well, with that TV. To me, to me, there'd be a litmus test. If the deck is angled downward, I'm not going that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's angled upward, I will continue to go that way. Yeah, it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, but yeah. you have experience yeah. with that uh, from, you know, Strike Zone, where your submarine was tilted like in a That's 90 That's true. Degree. We did some angles <laughs> and dangles <laughs> yeah, in that, that one. That's I suppose. Sure. Yeah. So you, you know what that feels like. Most people yes. don't. Well, and, you know, it, I just can't watch this, though, without feeling honestly sad that we don't get movies with actors of this caliber Mm -mm. and they're not i know we said you know it's got five academy award winners in it and that's true but but roddy mcdowell roddy mcdowell wasn't an academy award winner but roddy mcdowell's a better actor than anybody acting today oh yeah you know well that's the thing we brought up on sleepy hollow is the fact that you've got jeffrey jones and michael go and all of these people who uh and that that is a thing wasn't peter cushing in didn't not Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing wasn't in that movie. I thought uh, there was another Hammer guy in that. Maybe not. Um, there, yeah. there are a lot. <clears throat> That's irrelevant. But yeah. It doesn't matter. So, um, but you have all these really powerhouse actors in pretty much supporting roles. Yeah. So, and that just doesn't. It's like you were saying, Jason. Not only are we running out of movie stars these days, just even for one leading man or yeah. one leading lady or whatever, we we don't get this many powerful yeah. actors supporting yeah. them either. I mean, you you look at people like. You know, well, like Roy Scheider, like, um, oh, God, uh, Dust, of- Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Um, oh, man, Dustin Hoffman. Old Al Pacino. Al Pacino today is not Al Pacino. He's mellowed out quite a bit. He He's started he being Al Pacino. He Al Pacino 
I don't see his character anymore. I yeah. see Al Pacino. You see Al Pacino. Kind of like Ben yeah. Affleck on the screen. Like when Matt Damon's a character, I see that character. When Ben Affleck's on the screen, I just see Ben Affleck. He's Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, like Gene Hackman, if if Gene Hackman was starting out today, or Ernest Borgnine, probably a better example, he would not be considered an actor. He would be considered a character actor. Because I noticed that a few, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you started seeing people refer to as character actors. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like those were just good actors, like Bob Balaban or, or James Rebhorn. Like these are guys, Bob Balaban could be a star in Poseidon Adventure. James Rebhorn, mm -hmm. same thing, God rest his soul. But they're called character actors. And it seems to me like the qualification for being a character actor is just being a good actor. Yeah. As opposed to the people who are stars. Being, right. And they just fit a very specific mold, like the yeah. Tom Cruises or the rocks of the world. They're not really stretching You're, their Chris acting jobs. Yeah. They're, they're leading men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're leading men. Yeah. These these folks fall out of that swim lane a yeah. little bit. As opposed to like the Megan Mullallys of the world, who would be an awesome supporting character in a movie like this. I could totally see her, you know, being... Even kind of a Shelly Winters. Where is the middle-aged, slightly overweight woman who could be Shelly Winters? Who Who's she today? I, I don't... The only one... Uh, Essa Bertha Mackison? I don't know who that is. Um, um, oh, is McCormick. What's, from, what's, what's the last name? McCormick? Melissa McCormick. Melissa McCormick. Melissa, McCormick. Melissa, no, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. I don't know. No. She'd put a funny spin on it. That's uh, she yeah. would. Uh, but she's a little too much, too, at the same time. She's not a great... I, um, yeah. I was thinking of somebody before you said that. Uh, you know, it's hard. She's not a dramatic. She's a comedic. Yeah, she's actress. a comedic actor, actress. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen her in anything serious. That's true. Except for Gilmore Girls was quasi. That's probably the closest thing she's gotten to doing anything serious. She was still a kooky character yeah. on that show, but she still had some poignant moments. Yeah. Uh, but she, I think she could make it happen. But also, too, with scripts. I mean, the script isn't there. I mean, you look at a scene like this where you have the Reverend is literally, he's giving up, he's quitting. He's not he, giving up. Yes, he is. No, he's, he said, we've passed a bunch of other passages and he we're going to look until we find but one. But he doesn't feel that way until he hears her voice. He is oh, giving up. Oh, okay. He doesn't have a single line that says it. There's no dialogue. But Gene Hackman and you're right, they, they totally conveys it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when he hears her voice, then it's, no, we passed a bunch of corridors. We're going to go down every damn one until we find our way to the engine room. You know, it's like... And that shows his yeah. own crisis of faith because he's yes. more than willing to put himself on the line for others. But if it just came down to him, because he even tells her at one point, because he find, he does find a hatch and he's like, listen, if I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, he does tell her in all seriousness, if I'm not back in five minutes, let Rogo know to do things his way and that yeah. I was wrong. And she was like, no, 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 but you're going to come back. Right. And he goes, yeah. I'll be back. And, yeah. and as soon as she starts panicking, he, <laughs> he calms down. Oh, Sylvester Stallone, would we follow him out of this crisis? No. No, <laughs> no, if no. If you're in porn, I'm not following you anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm going to go ahead and be controversial and say. Yeah, and they're like holding hands. Um, it's, it's it's kind of inappropriate. It's, I don't think so. I, I, it's, it's platonic on his side. Yeah, I I, I think obviously yeah. she, she. She's got some more feelings going on than he does. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and it's no offense, but it's Gene Hackman, and I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a good-looking man, but he's not. He's not leading man. He's handsome. every man. He's every man. <laughs> he is. He's a Procter yeah. and Gamble That's guy. True. Well, yeah. she she's a lot like uh, what was the Clint Eastwood movie where he played the ghost uh, preacher? Um, ghost dad. <laughs> crap. Uh, 
Ghost not Pale Rider. Rider. I wish it was a Pale Rider. The one with um, the one with the mining town where Clint Eastwood shows up. Uh, oh, High Plains Drifter. High Plains Drifter. High Plains Drifter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking old time. Yeah, and the, and the and the young girl, like she like totally oh, yeah. falls for him. Yeah, and yeah. it's like. That, Age I mean, inappropriate. That's a, that's a pretty common theme in yeah. a lot of movies, though. Like uh, Beautiful Girls, another Timothy Hutton yeah. film where Natalie Portman's like 13 and she's in love with him and he's like 30 or something. She had kind of a history with that. Did we you? actually, huh. Need to on that note, <laughs> on that note, we are, the clock is telling me that we have to take a break. So we are going to be back in about two seconds. What a twist. No. Okay, so here's the thing that I find wildly unfair about this movie, and I guess that's it's it's a good thing because it's just like life. It's completely chaotic and completely unfair sometimes. Noni, the most useless character of all characters, gets dragged through the entire ship by Red Buttons, who's just suddenly very heroic. He was the one who, you know, was not likely to take a wife. And now he's dragging this poor girl across the entire ship. And you find, especially when they have to cross 35 feet of water, he's not going to leave her behind no matter what. Well, I think. And uh, she survives. Well, I I think in the back of his mind, he's like, I'm going to get some at the end of this if this all works out. You know, I see. I'm actually. It must have been quite a dry spell for him if (laughs) if, if he's really worried about that right now. You know, I don't. I, you know, maybe it's just me being sort of naive, but. He's really did. I, I, I don't think that's what he's thinking. I like to think that that red buttons is really a little more well, genuine. Like, here's what I imagined whenever whenever I saw this, and particularly in this scene that we're watching now, where you know they're in the barber shop and and she's saying, you know, she slips I, I don't want to go shop on. on occasion because she still hasn't yeah. grasped that her brother's actually. Yeah, dead. and he's yeah. saying, you know, like we have to go on. You know, you you think you can't, but you will. And I thought, you know, okay, is it plausible, red buttons? was married to a woman or was with a woman. Yeah, you did mention this earlier. He's clearly experienced some loss or something in his past. What if Red Button's whole character was that he was married to somebody, they had a baby girl, the girl died, wife left him, marriage broke up, or maybe something happened to wife too, maybe she killed herself. He's looking at Noni, and you can almost see this, he's looking at Noni, and it's it's like his chance to save this girl. And Excuse me, while like a weep in the corner. Well, no, <laughs> but but that's the thing, though. That's the thing about a movie, a script that's well written. Because do I have any basis for that? No. You could play with it though, because there's there's so much insinuation. Yeah. There's not a lot of exposition. Yeah. yeah. Because if you said that's it, a creative mind right there. Yes, yeah. it is. I mean, it just is. That's and it's why like he's the director. Uh, how, how pretty yeah, is that? I know, yeah. And we're yeah. just the yeah. actors. Yeah. I know. Oh, stop it! I do what he tells me. And I was I don't also need to think, know about the weekends. <laughs> and also, when when Robin goes into the bathroom, and that's when the uh, when he's attacked <laughs> by the uh, the mayor or the uh, the mayor. <laughs> no, the uh, <laughs> what was the thing in Rick and Morty? Remember oh. when they were in the... Uh, oh, oh, the, Mr. Uh, the Mr. Mr. Jellybean. Mr. Mr. Jellybean. <laughs> Hello, oh how are you today? <laughs> just, let it it happen. A, just let it I'm happen. On a, I'm on a Poseidon adventure. Is it a fun adventure? <laughs> that was a disturbing... I'm on a Poseidon adventure. <laughs> it's got a little dis- off the rails. Isn't that what adventures do? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, gentlemen. Oh, thank you for You're bringing welcome. that into the... Mm-hmm. Yes. Mr. Jellybean. <laughs> Let him let them remember him as the jelly bean that he was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Let us remember Gene Hackman as the reverend that he was. Not nearly. I'd go to Gene Hackman's church. I'd go to. I'd go to that church, Uh, especially after because I love him in the Birdcage too. Like I, I, I've never seen Gene Hackman in anything that I've not liked him in. Uh, And that's a rare thing. Even Superman. Yeah, he was was even. He was Lex Luthor. Yeah, Lex Mm -hmm. Luthor. He was great. Um, I can't think of a single movie with Gene Hackman that I didn't genuinely like. Quick and the Dead. I mean, come on. No, all of them. He's everything that he's very versatile. Gold. Which is funny considering he's not really versatile as far as accents, as far as his look. He does he's not a chameleon, but somehow he fits in every role that he's in, despite how different he, they he are. He takes on that character. He, he becomes, really does. And that's the thing, you know, nineteen seventy two, we're at the beginning of what would sort of later be known as the new school. You know, you know, the uh, like the, the Jack Nicholson and the Yeah, you know, well Corman's yeah, College, uh, Chinatown um you know, Chinatown, um, crap, the one with Dustin Hoffman, like my alto- Marathon Man. Your um, favorite movie of all yeah, time? Yeah, one of my all-time yeah. favorite movies, yeah. There was just this sort of resurgence of real proper um, actors' movies where you had these character actors who would just go in there mm-hmm. and they would commit so hard well, and you have to wonder if uh, method acting really came about as just sort of the whetstone, the competition that each of them were facing, because there were so many talented people in the industry at this time. And to this day, where you get your Christian Bales, who he'll go out in the desert and you know starve himself yeah. for three days for a role. Like, yeah, it's and, crazy. Christian, and Christian Bale is—I mean, he, he, he's, oh, he's a, a phenomenal, he's actor. legitimately a very yes, good actor. He's very you know. talented. Well, I, I've always said that movies. You can judge the health of the movie industry from the quality standpoint by the health of the theater scene in New York. Okay. As and because the theater scene in New York is today garbage. It's absolute garbage. Whereas in 1972, you had all kinds of theaters with all kinds of talented actors, mm-hmm. big actors, small actors, whatever. And they were doing all of these really just powerful plays. Sometimes they weren't powerful. Sometimes they were just good. Sometimes they were just funny. Well, it's kind of like how Neil comedians Simon, go to local you know, comedy stores to cut their teeth on new material and stuff. Yeah. But that's how actors used to stay sharp is yeah. actually staying in the theater scene. Yeah. You know, and it, it was, well, like, you know, you saw Ernest Borgnine on stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, are you are you going to go see Christian Bale in a little play somewhere? Yeah, I got to no. see Alan Ruck in The Producers, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that was a real yeah. treat. So in that, I think that's honestly how they keep themselves sharp. Yeah. Because going back to even what you were saying about filming in sequence, Jason, that's one of the things that I believe uh, Alan Rickman said about the difference, you know, because they asked him, do you prefer movies or do you prefer plays? Or maybe it was Colin Firth. I cannot remember who said it. But they said both great actors. They, yeah, they were like, it's all about whether or not you're more comfortable with sequence or not. Because the thing with sequence in a play is that yeah, it's the same events that happen over and over, but it's three hours worth of material that yeah. you have to have in your head yeah. all at once. Whereas with a movie, you can stop and cut and take a break and do this. It's yeah. it's just different. Well, and and you know that that gulf gets bigger and bigger every year. You know when you have mm-hmm. what is what does the actor aspire to if you're if you're a 20-year-old actor in Hollywood, what do you want to be? Let's be honest. You want to be, well, you want to be in the next Avengers. You want to be in the next big, huge blockbuster where you're the big star. How much acting is there in the Avengers? 
not very much. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking comic book movie. Yep. Not dissing comic books, but let's be honest. No, they're their own thing. You know? But yeah. especially once you start doing ensembles where you see Chris Pratt for maybe 10 minutes the yeah. entire movie yeah. and Chris Hemsworth for another 10 minutes yeah. the entire movie. It just it just cuts down on their screen time. And, you know. And it's not a slide against either any of them. I mean. Could, no, they're all could, awesome. Could Chris Pratt be Gene Hackman? Possibly. I think he, he could. He possibly could. Uh, who else was? Uh, um, who else was in the Avengers? That uh, Captain America, the guy who Chris played, Evans. Chris, they're Evans. all named Chris. Could Chris Evans be? Possibly. He's. I, I think. Th- I think he's trying to. He's. He's quit Captain America. And he's doing. He just some did that Knives roles. Out movie. I don't really know yeah. anything about. I was, it. I want to see that. Though. Yeah, it yeah. looks interesting. Yeah. Well, it's got Daniel Craig in it. Doing, yeah, uh, so your rush, yeah. <laughs> a horrible southern accent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, that's so, like, Ewan McGregor's kind of the same way, and I adore him, but he seems to be aware of it. Like, he does almost a Forrest Gump kind of southern accent when he has to put one on for a movie. It's, it's so, yeah. I, I kind of get the Some impression the, Daniel Craig was doing the same thing they, in Knives um, Out, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I get that impression. Like, I mean, even, like, your Channing Tatum's, the, the sex symbols of today or whatever, could they yeah. be the Gene no. Hackman in this movie? I don't think so. I, I think that for for too many people, and maybe it's it's you know in the olden days you had like the Stella Adler and the uh, what was the other one Stella it was Lee, Ad- Lee Strasberg Lee Strasberg yeah. you know and and Meisner yeah and that was all about being human and it was if you're acting you're being a different human yeah. right and movies today you know, the humanity and, you know, I sound like an old fart. I know that, but I feel like <laughs> old man, Jason. Well, yeah, I feel like the humanity is what's, what's missing. You know, I want to see characters who are being human beings in situations and dealing with them and reacting to them. That's one of the reasons why I love this movie. Cause that's right. what it is. You know, these are normal humans. There's not a superhero in the bunch. No, there's Gene not Hackman, an action star in the bunch. Gene Hackman goes out of his way to rescue everybody, but it, yeah, it's like you're saying he's not yeah. the superhero. Yeah, he's he's the leader. Yeah, but, you know he still he still gets stuck underneath the metal sheet, and he has to be saved by a grandma. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? You know, as much as people talk about you know well Hollywood and Me Too, and you know we're all you know socially woke and all that, I don't see them doing a, a scene. Just where you say woke? Yeah, you heard oh, me. Oh God. No, that's the first well, time I've ever heard you say they're all, that. They're all social justice, blah blah blah. But yeah. I don't see them doing a, a scene where Shelley Winters, the overweight grandmother, saves everybody's life. I don't see that happening. Yeah, you know. Well, I think um, they're trying to find a line between you know what's appealing and what's you know still riding that line where there's some humanity involved. I yeah, and I suppose. It, I, I imagine that's where the script writing really gets stuck. Well, the script writers. Most of the screenwriters suck nowadays because of a very simple reason. It's that they didn't read. You can't write unless you read a lot, a lot, you know, and it's not cherry picking the things that, you know, make you feel good and agree with you. You got to go out and you just read stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I, you know, again, old fart, but growing up, I read so much pulp crap, pulp detective novels, pulp science fiction, pulp, Mm. whatever, you know, it, you've got to you've got to sink your teeth into what's out there, and then find your own voice. And I think too many people are sort of having their voices given to them. Well, either that, or they're sticking with one genre and one genre only. Like, oh, yeah. I don't like you know, Fantastic Beasts or Harry Potter type stuff. I like detective stories, and so that's all they read. Or like, I only read John Grisham, or I only read this author, or I don't like. So when people. 
they're basically allowed to choose a specialty and stick with it. And then yeah. they, they come off really one dimensional yeah. when they try to write something because they're just mimicking the exact same stories that we, they've seen by yeah, Dan we, Brown or John Grisham or whomever. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, it's so weird. Cause like, you know, we, so many authors that we think of today, like uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, mm-hmm. you know, Burroughs is held in pretty high regard nowadays. Burroughs was a pulp writer. Everything he ever wrote was pulp. Right. He literally lifted whole paragraphs from one book, put them in another book, you know. <laughs> um, but there was still this foundation of things that he had read as a kid. People used to read poetry. People mm-hmm. used to read, you know, Yeats and... And, and, and Shakespeare. And Shakespeare. <laughs> and now I think that we're sort of cutting loose from that foundation. You're starting to lose that, or we have lost, I think, that sort of human commonality that really spoke to everybody and not just that but somebody's ability to write multiple personalities so like especially in a movie like this at some point if this movie was rewritten again and remade again today rogo would probably be a chris pratt type and he'd punch gene hackman in the face at some point yeah they never boil over like that no they don't they kind of like you know grab each other's shirt and get mad at each other for a second but then that's really where it stops they, it's a realistic balance of how all of these personalities would weigh in together. I want to, I want to go back just a second. Please do. The, the, At the, pinnacle the scene, moment. the scene where Shelly Winters dies and pay attention. Shelly Winters, look at her face. Yes. She has this sort of happy expression on her face. She says, life matters very much. She's echoing and, those words and, back to Gene Hackman. Yeah. And then she looks almost angry. Like she's thinking of the fact she's never going to see her grandchild. And then yeah. she just gives up, and then all, her face almost looks, you know, peaceful. You got three emotions mm-hmm. with not a lot of dialogue. No, she she pulls it off masterfully. Yeah, and then Gene Hackman with this fantastic. Oh God, this is where I, I mean, look, started to well He's yeah, he's yeah, he is there. He's yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, and it just not this woman. Like not anybody, not this not woman. This woman. Not this woman. Well, that's and he's talking to yeah. the maker yeah. right there. You know, his his boss. When I was in high school, we watched uh, John Malkovich's um, Death of a Salesman. Ooh. And if you ever get the chance to watch that. It's, it's. It is. If you want to see somebody, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, just not flying tears, yeah. you know. John Malkovich, he's another guy. Uh, you don't really see him too much anymore. He's kind of backed off. Yeah, he really has. Uh, he's another great actor. I think he's kind of gone the the route where he makes appearances now instead of spearheading his own projects because it's what, you yeah. know, the Matt Damons of the world discovered they can make $10,000 for one day's work or they can travel halfway around the world right. and shoot Why a movie would you? for, th- you know, a year and a half, like, or however long it's going to yeah. take. Why would you? Yeah, and so it it's just, it makes more sense to make a short appearance. But, yeah, we, we are getting uh, to some even more poignant moments, so... Gene Hackman, he's sitting there with Shelly Winters, and then uh, Rogo actually does come looking for them. So yep. that's a he's he has these little redeeming moments, yeah, uh, even he's though not, he's a jackass throughout the entire rescue. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, anybody who's ever been in a group of people you know, <laughs> working to achieve a common goal, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's personalities. Yeah, you yeah. know, and there might well, be, you know, and somebody said this about 2020. They were like, ah. Uh, the only way we're going to solve all the problems in 2020 is to work as a group. And God, this is why I freaking hated group projects in school because not everybody's <laughs> pulling their weight. So, and, and it's well, funny. the difference between real life and group projects in school is you don't get 
you don't get to pick who you're working with. You don't get to pick in school either. <clears throat> Your teacher typically that's, no, assigns that's what I mean. Random. Oh, okay. No, in school, you're kind of stuck with those people. But in real life... Uh, you, you can know, be like, I'm out. <laughs> you yeah, guys you, suck. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like if we were on a cruise ship together and it flipped over, I think we'd all... I think we'd, we'd make it out pretty well. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, it's so funny you say Although that. Although I would have gone out a window and gone up <laughs> the side of the ship. Swim. <laughs> Just if you can, <laughs> yeah. if, if the pressure lets you break the glass, I mean, if the glass is already broken, I guess. At so. a certain point, you're going to find water. Yeah, that's true. And then swim, go up. We go down to get up, just like they said in Deep Blue Sea. But and that's kind of what they're doing. But uh, it's funny that you bring that up, Jason, because we've been start. We started watching the show on Netflix called The Floor Is Lava. Oh, have y'all I seen saw, this? I saw, I saw it. Oh, so you would like it. It's it's because kids love that. Everything is lava when it's the kids, all strategy, you know? and it's literally like a room filled with actual liquid that you know it looks like magma just blowing. There was an it. episode of Community uh, where they did that. <laughs> oh no! 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 Not here! Not now! <laughs> hey yo! <laughs> when Donald Glover left the show, yeah, yeah, mm. and then he comes back with that pizza, and everything has fallen into chaos. But uh, no, I've just seen a meme where no. he's like carrying a box or something. I, don't, no. I still haven't no. watched it on no. Insiders. No. No. But uh, no, if you watch The Floor is Lava on Netflix, it's all about strategy. And you have to jump from this obstacle to that one and, you know, pull this rope to create this drawbridge. And, uh, you know, we sit there strategizing like, we would we be able to get this obstacle course down? I think we could do it. Family fracas. <laughs> yeah, family fracas. But, Bob's but, little rats, no. But by the way, just bearing in mind the fact that they did shoot this in sequence. Yeah. How awful was it when you showed up on set and you were Ernest Borgnine and you had to put that shirt back that on? Soppy ass <laughs> shirt, yeah. <laughs> That's like when you're at the pool during the summer and you've already jumped in and out and you're your towel oh, is yeah, soaked yeah. and you've got to dry off with that soppy ass towel. Why am I even wasting my time? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and actually, what kind of t-shirt is that? It's not, even, it's not even a what? <laughs> it's it's, it's a like a super shirt. V. Yeah, it's a super V. <laughs> the super V. It goes all the way down to his belly button, the well, V-neck. He you is know? married to a prostitute half his age, so I think he's trying to really show off his, oh, his muscular. Hey, he's got guns. He does. He's I'm got saying, guns. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's trying to dress yeah. like Popeye and show off how muscular he is. Me, I would prefer. I would. I, I want to wear the uh, the tuxedo, the red buttons has with the frills. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that right there. You kind of what? Yeah, what red buttons? Is <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. It, it was once white, I believe. Now yeah, it's dark yeah. gray. Yeah, but he still has his tie. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, still has he has not taken his time. No, off. he has. And I, you have to uh, admire a former prostitute wife here because she is in panties and a blouse and platform oh, look, heels. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, now I, I know why I love this scene. I, I did actually oh, wonder I'm several sorry, times. That's true. And, and Darth, you can explain this to me. What? Okay, because I'm thinking if I was either the former prostitute or the 18 year old girl, and I know I've had that dream before. I've only been um, one of those things. <laughs> A prostitute? You've been, you've oh, been 18. Oh, the 18-year-old. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Easy, Specifically Mr. when you see them walking on, on like a grate and they've got heels on, mm. could you take, could you like snap the heel part off of the shoe? You could, but then the shoe is still going to be at an angle because it's, 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 toes it's be your like, toes are yeah. still going to have, they're kind of flattened out like that to accommodate for the fact that your toes do bend in a heel shoe. And then there's, it's still on an incline. So you're screwed. Yeah, I would yeah. Go, I would go barefoot before I would take the heels See, off. See, but yeah. I was thinking that, but then, you before know, I'm thinking, the okay, but, but barefoot, then you've got 
Oh, there's sharp things. Yeah, John McClane kind of situation. In you any know? case where you can, what is this, a broken glass factory? <laughs> yeah. No, but in any case that you can have anything between your feet and metal grating or anything. Keep the shoes. But yeah, you yeah, try keep to keep the shoes. the shoes as long as you can. But in tall shoes like that, she actually has like these clunkier heels because I thought about that. I was like, wouldn't you fall through the grating? And then yeah. I saw how thick the heels were. Oh, oh. And they're thicker than the grating. So, because okay. uh, women think, of, like, that was why Jurassic World was such an unholy, unmitigated disaster with Bryce Dallas Howard running around in white, high heeled shoes, running away from dinosaurs at full speed. And yeah. you're like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> There's and no way in hell she could do that. Noni like, at least has boots on. Yeah, Noni's fine. And She's those in boots flats. are made for walking. Oh yeah, that's for, it. Not for, for swimming because yeah. she can't swim. She can't yeah. swim. Yeah. She can't swim. I can't swim. Of course you can't swim. No. Of course you can't. Let me see how useless you. She needs to be on our skill set show where we <laughs> just, teach her different things. Imagine red buttons going. You know what? I'm, I'm done. Out. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> just I have diving reached. in the water. You stay right here. I'll be back. And then <laughs> Noni sits there, and a dinosaur just eats her. It's like, oh, what's that movie? Uh... Oh, O'Connell, O'Connell, what are we going to do in The Mummy? What are we going to oh, do? Yeah. Wait here. I'll go get help. And then he just leaves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bye, Noni. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you do have Jack Albertson quietly celebrating now that Shelley Winter is yeah. his scene partner. Yes. <laughs> the next week of shooting, I don't have to deal with her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the so, so let's uh, let's let's discuss how the movie wraps itself yeah, up. Yeah, because it's about to end, so... Yeah. Uh, God, the legs. I'm sorry. Um, on the 18 year old. 18. <laughs> she, she was 18. She, she really said it, 18. She said it specifically in the interview that I saw. She said, I was an 18 year old girl and I couldn't believe that these old people were doing all these stunts. They nearly killed me. She called them old people. Well, well you know, we come Gene on. Gene Hackman yeah. was 42. Yeah. There was a. 20- in 1972, he was 42. Yeah. Gene Hackman's wow. been around for a while. Yeah. He has yeah. been. Jeez. Like how I told you Morgan Freeman's in his 80s the other day, and you were like, the hell he is! And I was like, no, he really is. But time means nothing to him. He's God. (laughs) Yeah. He's immortal. But, so yeah, uh, we've got a couple of more quick deaths coming up, unfortunately. (laughs) But wait, wait, speaking of that, I gotta tell you. You know, when when you watch oldie-timey movies, you know, like with Spencer Tracy and Humphrey Bogart, you expect those actors to be dead, right? Because you grew up with them dead. Yeah. I mean, these guys are fantastic. and. 95% 95% of them are gone. I know. And that's that was the most heartbreaking part of this movie when I watched it again. It's just all this talent. I mean, even Borgnine held on till he was 95. Oh, yeah. And that was 2012 when he died. It's like it's like uh finding um home videos of you yes. know old relatives and stuff. And and it's like, no, they're not supposed there's no don't ever yeah. leave, please. Yeah. No. Yeah, Noni is even dead. She oh, died. is she? Yeah, she died a couple of years in 2016, oh, I think. Lord. Ironically enough, Gene Hackman's still alive. Even yeah, Roger, Gene... Roger Ebert, who gave yeah, Roger so much Ebert's stuff, dead. is yeah. dead, too. Yeah. Oh, um, God, but Gene Hackman's still with us. Siskel's so. dead, too, isn't he? Siskel's been dead for long. Siskel than and Ebert. Ebert. He died before Siskel died yeah. a while ago. Um, um, but, yeah, it. but we, we do still have Gene Hackman, so let's hang on to him. But that, it is funny because uh, I had this old, especially when you go on Facebook and your memories pop up and you get to see stuff that you posted in the past, I always post this video of Robin Williams doing his bit about the American flag on July 4th, and it's it still hits me every time I see a video or a clip or anything of him that he's not with us anymore. So yeah. it, it it's hard to look at all these actors and stuff that you grew up with, even Burt Reynolds, because oh, I grew yeah. up watching his movies. Like, no, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think the one that's, there's two that are going to get me. One is Harrison Ford. 
Yeah. Because let's be honest, he's in peak shape. But he's in his 80s, right? But he's in his 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. What about Jack Nicholson? I never thought he would ever die. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Alan Keith Rickman, Richard, who we don't have to worry one. about. Alan, well, Alan Rickman went way, way too, way too early. Way yeah. too early. Was he 60 yet? I don't... He was in his 60s. He was in he his 60s? Yes. Okay. Um, but I, I can't tell you exactly uh, what integer it was, but he was definitely in his 60s. Hey, we passed. still got Clint Eastwood. He's we still do. He's still making movies. And his mother is still alive, isn't she? Season. No. Look that up. His mother is well over 100. Really? Check it out, yeah. I'll find she, out. I, I can see that. He brought his mother to the Academy Awards like five years ago. <laughs> I could, yeah, yeah, but she could have talked to me. She may yeah. have. I haven't well, been because she's she's closely, but. she's Clint Eastwood's fucking mom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> she you gave know. birth to a legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I raised that son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> Ruth Wood. Um, yeah, it's not listing a death date, so it looks like she's still with. Yeah, we'll find. Holy uh, shit! She was. Uh, it's saying years active, so. Well, if if is she still alive then? Yeah, it looks like she is. And on that bombshell. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. See, ones ones that will hit me in the future. Uh the day Johnny Depp dies, you guys just don't come looking for me. I'll be hiding underneath a porch somewhere. Uh, I think he's if Johnny Depp dies early, it'll be his own doing. No, he's been clean and healthy for No, a really that's what long I mean. That, yeah, but that's what I mean. I think Johnny Depp's fine unless Unless he goes off the deep yeah, end and something happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like Robert Downey Jr. Sort of the same thing, but he's he's all he's not he, old. He's not. No, they're the same age. Yeah. How how old are they? Uh, Johnny just turned fifty-seven. Yeah. They okay. So that yeah. And RDJ is they're young. about the same age. So, um, yeah. But anyway, the, those you know those will probably hit me hard when when and I mean, if that happens if I don't if I don't suddenly go. Before yeah, them. I mean, I you know, uh, I was in Asheville on vacation and Harry Anderson lived in Asheville and it was like, Oh, the news came out. Harry Anderson died. And it's like, no, he didn't. He couldn't have not Harry Anderson. He's too yeah. young. And people get so, they're so trigger happy on social media. Somebody was like, Oh my God, Gene Wilder just died. And I was like, Gene Wilder has been dead for a while now. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Know. What the I hell know. are you talking about? Gene Wilder was, he was actually considered for the red buttons part. Oh, I could see yeah. that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gene Wilder good. was the original choice for the Red Buttons character. I could really see yeah. him talking her through the grief thing too, because he was one of the actors like, like Rick Moranis, who's oh, on yeah. his way back to Hollywood. Actually, uh, is what I'm hearing. But uh, there, it was a similar situation. Both their wives died at different times, and so they just backed away from acting for a while. Well, you know, we, we, we could spend an entire episode talking about we, the, the, we really the, could. the Gilda, Gilda Ragnar. Well, well, Jack Wilder. Albertson and Gene Wilder back together again. It would have been, oh, I think that would have been, been it would have been well, a little yeah. much. There though. was a lot of crossover between, uh, like, several of the ladies on this show were also, they were on Fantasy Island, different episodes. Yeah, oh, yeah, they were yeah, on yeah, Fantasy yeah. Island, they were on The Love Boat. Well, because that so. was the thing. Back then you had, like, this Love sort of Boat. universe of actors, and, you know, you would tune into... Whatever show, and oh look, it's it's, it's Buddy, Buddy Hackett's it's, on this episode. It's Horshack, yeah. you know, yeah, Ron yeah. Palillo, right? Yeah, on, on the love boat. You're right, Jason. The 18 year old is in heels too. So I know y'all are hating this angle that you I, can see her I, from I, right I, now I'm, in those shorty I'm, shorts. But uh, God, the legs on her. She's got long <laughs> legs. Yes. Well, in 70s shorts would sort of promote your legs like that because they were higher up on your waist. God bless were, the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on that pervy <clears throat> note, uh, gentlemen, she's legal. Um, and it was 1972. God. So, she was 18 seven years before I was born. <laughs> so, so you're, I'm you're well fine. in the clear. You're fine. I'm totally fine. You're fine. So um, <clears throat> that's kind of like when I go back and watch like Newsies and Christian Bale is 
14. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in reality, he's like 15 or 20 years older than I am. Oh, so. um, Henry V, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Henry V, and there's mm-hmm. this little annoying kid, and it's like, who the hell is that? Oh, my and God, that's Christian realize, Bale. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> then you realize. Uh, oh. So anyway. So I, Gene Hackman ultimately sacrifices himself. He does. Yes. He's the sacrificial lamb as the reverend yeah. and saves the lives of the rest by because. And this is, okay, so logistical question here. The steam starts pouring into the room where they're in, and it's blocking their way out, yet Gene Hackman can sit underneath the really hot steam well, and, open, and, like, close the hatch to uh, stop it. I will defer to the to the sailor on this one, but high-pressure high steam is that not That would rip steam. the flesh. It yeah. would rip the flesh right off of his yeah. bony Yeah, and he's just sitting hand. there, and yeah. he's, not even, he's, he's not even roasting. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's not the steam that comes out of your tea kettle. No, it's no. a whole different no. thing. I can't do ever in in <laughs> fact, it, sometimes it's invisible, and if you're not careful, it could slice you right in half. Jeez. High pressure steam. Yeah, you know, on the boat. I mean, so if you're bad stuff. Unbelievable moment. It's it's called it's called um, you just suspension of disbelief. That's what I was saying. Suspension of yeah. disbelief. Because face it, if it was really high pressure steam, he would have jumped there. His hands would have been burned to a crisp. He would have fell to his death, and they would have all yeah. died. And, and he wouldn't and have that, had time for that big long. Speech no, that's about, true. Like, yeah. And and the real the, the real sad part is he dropped into. Wa- burning water that had oil on it, he could l- easily have lived through that. That's what I thought. So when the the wife falls yeah. into the water too, as no, long she as you- falls under the ground. Yeah, she she. Oh, I thought something. she fell in the water like yeah. he did. Yeah. Okay, my bad. So all and I was trained in the navy. If you if you look up and there's burning water, you just splash and and it moves the oil away. And you, you yeah. jump up, you splash, you go back under, or it, you can you swim away from it. And, like, and he could have gotten away, but once again, he could have gotten away with. He didn't have the training. The script yeah. said. Yeah. The yeah, he wasn't said, trained as a sailor. You so, must die. You know. Yes, and he had to make that sacrifice to save everyone else. So that makes sense. And it is a hell of a scene. It uh, really is. I mean, when he's turning that thing, and they've got what three angles on him. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, they've got mm-hmm. the back, the front. They've got the close up on him. You know, turning it. And, and he stopped. And the, and this is something I remembered even to this day. He stops the steam, and he's just too weak to do anything else, and he just lets yeah. go. Yeah. He says his final bit. And then he just tells falls. Rogo to get yeah. them the yeah. hell out of there, and yeah. then he he gives up his position as the alpha male and dies. Yeah, it's 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 so poignant, and he's you know sitting there. How many more lives? How much more blood? How many more people are you going to take? Well, See, damn they it. don't they don't write dialogue like no. that anymore. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And if you're going to take uh, anybody, yeah, Bell Akers wasn't enough. Wasn't. If you're going to take another life, let it be me. And he, you know. He goes yeah. out of his way to save the rest of the people, and it, it's so sad because it well, is whittled down so quickly from hundreds of people yeah. to six. Yeah. Well, and it's like he—he's almost saving their lives as a giant fuck you to God. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like I'm going to save these people if you won't. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's well, he's eating his own words too because he's like the strong. Because what does he say that I wrote down? He says. Uh, uh, God loves winners. He doesn't like quitters or something yeah. like that. And if you if you can't win, try. Yeah, try. Go. Yeah. You know, make an effort at the very least. Because even when people were like, "Well, what's even up there that we're going to get to?" Even if we get to the top, or the the bottom, but technically top yeah. of the oh, ship right and now. He, he turns around to deliver his final line, mm-hmm. hanging from that hand wheel. And of course, Pamela Sue Anderson's like, "You can get back. You can get back." And he, and he just. You, you can, can make it keep, keep going. going. Oh. Oh, no. And, and then just, he lets go. Wait, Rogo, get them through. Yeah. And then. He drops. And like Close I said. Up, the, sh- cut to Rogo. 
Well, because Rogo's just had his flip out because his wife, there was an explosion and the explosion, the the vibrations knocked her down onto the ground. Yeah, Yeah, you're right, Adam. He definitely could have swam away from that hot oil. (laughs) And now the sister's flipping out because, you know, he was like her guidepost through all of this and... And Even then, Robin's like, sis, what are you doing? Yeah, Stay up on. here. And uh, Red Button smacks her in the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he gives her a smack. Yeah. yeah. He's like, all right, I need you to calm down. You can't Come do on. that Get anymore the hell either, here. can you? No, you can't. Yeah. Well, well, it's like Cary Grant said, there's no right way to hit a woman. There's a lot of wrong ways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Sean Connery said well, that. Well, no, he just lived it. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, Cronenberg, who smacked that woman in the face over and over again. That. Yeah, apparently you can. That was just a thing in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's you could just smack women in the face. But uh, yeah, so now we're off to Seinfeld. What do you think? Is it is it time? I, I'm I'm going to say because at the end of the movie they do the the survivors then at this point make it to the to the um, to the thinnest part of the hull and they are rescued um, and get critiqued for it. <laughs> Did what? You, they, so when the rescuers come to get them. Didn't you save anybody else? Like, it's just six of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that's the first thing you say to these people who have just been through a nightmare. Well, because well, think about how how weird that, how many six? Yeah, there were like 400 of us, but there are only six left. <laughs> More like probably oh, no. a thousand. Yeah, there's a lot of people in there. Yeah, cruise. probably at least a thousand people died. That sucks. Uh, Alf to Seinfeld, I'm going to have to say like a nine. Ooh. That even exceeded wow. what I was gonna do. Yeah, no, I, 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 I liked it as a as a kid. I really enjoyed it, but maybe it's just me getting older. But I watched it last night and I loved it. I had tears in my eyes at the end. Yeah, I will. I literally, literally had had tears in my eyes. The performances are so good as to make me sad, mm. um, and I really, really could not have appreciated the fact that a sort of pulpy, action-y disaster movie could actually still be a really solid, good movie. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, eh, maybe not. I'm going to say an eight. That's, an eight. That's right. what I'm going to give it, okay. an eight, because yeah. I enjoyed it as a kid, but it, it moved me this time. It really oh. did. I loved it. And this is your first time. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go solid five, because, yeah. I, I mean, there's I enjoyed no it for what yeah. it was. Yeah, there's no, yeah. It, it surprised, like... I think I was really thrown off by Ebert's review of it because he was so snarky about it, but I I genuinely enjoyed it as an actual disaster movie. I didn't look at it like it was cheesy or, you know, low budget or anything well, like that. Well, if you compare it to the other disaster movies, and uh-huh. it's almost not even fair to call it a disaster movie because, I mean, like, yeah, Towering Inferno, yeah, I really enjoy it. It is a disaster movie, though. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it is. No, you're right. You're no, right. No, it absolutely is. But it's... it's um. If you look at disaster movies, Poseidon Adventure really is, it's a cut above. Yeah. You know, it really is. I mean, as much as I love Charlton Heston, I yes. love Charlton Heston, well, but it, it's different. It's it's a very different kind of performance. And it's like you were saying off camera during one of our breaks, it's not an Arnold movie. You don't have right. the guaranteed characters who are going to make it through. Like like I said, I Everyone's was so pissed fair off. Everyone's fair game. When, yeah, when Noni made it in... You know, Shelley Winters doesn't, and Gene Hackman doesn't make it. Oh my well, god! Do you know? Do you know what the sequel was originally supposed to be? Do tell. The the because there was a sequel called Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, which was a huge flop, and it, it heralded the end of the disaster movie mm-hmm. era. The original idea for the sequel, and, and I I don't think it would have been good, but kind of interesting. It would have been the survivors of the Poseidon Adventure 
were were summoned to the world court at the Hague to testify and they were going to put the Greek company on trial while they were traveling there. Oh no. They were going to be, they were going to be traveling in on a Concord. No, it was actually on a train. (laughs) Okay. And the train was going to be caught in an avalanche. Son of a bitch. But wait, but wait, are you making this up? No, I'm not. But wait, they were going to add because you don't have Gene Hackman anymore. So they needed somebody to be the sort of new Gene Hackman, Hackman, and it was going to be Yul Brynner. (gasps) I know! (laughs) I would have watched it. I'd watch the hell out of that. I would totally have watched that. Oh, man. I would absolutely watch it. Oh, no, no, no. Even better. That would have been a great option, but Robin's grown now, and he's the new Gene Hackman. (laughs) That would have been awesome. That would work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway... Anyway, I, I I think uh, I, I think th- that was a solid pick for disaster month. I I do well too. Done. Well yeah. done. Yeah, I, I, well done. I uh, I don't know where we go from here. I'm kind of worried. Uh, well, uh, so I've got a pick, and okay. then uh, one of our favorite fans uh, has made a suggestion, so okay. we can talk about okay. that off camera. But mm. hindsighters, we do appreciate you tuning in as always. Uh, in our, our third movie where I'm in a sailor's hat of some sort. So we're going to change it up for the next disaster movie that we do. It's not going to be an airplane, and it's not going to be a ship. It'll be an oil I, rig. I can tell you. <laughs> put on those big rubber boots, yeah. kiss your favorite gal goodbye, and go fight some fire. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Backdraft so, is actually a very serious thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, no, that's actually a line lifted from America's Sweethearts of all things. But don't worry about it. I'll tell you later. So... Thank you again for joining us. Our, our now third guest host. He's just here all the time. He's not a guest host. He got promoted. Didn't you see the credits? Uh, he didn't. I did. I did. I'll see it when we post it. Yes. Yeah. No, so, you're promoted. You're. Uh, you said yeah. no co-host instead of now co-host. <laughs> and which one? Uh, I'd have to look it up. That that works. For I don't me. even. I don't even. I don't even. I'd have to look it up. I'm the only one that pays attention to shit like this. <laughs> but um, anyway. Uh, Thank you for joining the three of us yes. on our podcast, listeners, hindsighters. We really appreciate it uh, for you tuning in on your drive time, your listening time, your quasi quarantine time, whatever time it is. Uh, we appreciate you. This has been Hindsight and Good Night.